I've seen some things in the mountains. Footprints bigger than a bear could make, only shaped more like a man's foot. And howl more human than animal. I'm going to capture this creature. It already cost me the big one. Now I want the baby, and I want it now! Know what he looks like? A Bigfoot. A little Bigfoot. Looks like he's an orphan. We gotta do something. Little Bigfoot 2, The Journey Home. Truman, Landon. We watch some movies on this podcast from time to time. This is no. This is no secret. If someone, if someone asks me, I'll tell them straight up. I won't even attempt to lie. We watch movies. We watch movies. Sometimes they're good movies. Sometimes they're bad movies. Most of the time, they're bad movies. Some of the yeah. time, it's boring movies that aren't necessarily bad or good. Mm-hmm. And, and every once in a while, we we encounter something like this that's we unclassifiable. We unforgettably encounter something like this movie. <laughs> Okay, so we're talking Little Bigfoot 2, colon, The Journey Home today, and you just mentioned something that I think would be a good starting point. Yes, yes. The 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 Bigfoot in the room, so to speak. The big our our previous our previous dance (laughs) with Bigfoot. So two out of the three boys have encountered Bigfoot in the Pacific Northwest or the early or the the uh, Northern California region. Um, and one of or, them, this is, it's, it's really, it, it looks more like the Southern California region. I know it's supposed <laughs> to be Northern California, but I think we all, we, we who lived or currently live in LA know exactly where these encounters are happening. <laughs> Two of them have actually encountered Bigfoot and one of them has encountered Danny Glover being mixed up as Bigfoot playing yes. a, a off the grid mountain man. Yes. So Bigfoot exists in all three of the boys' lives to some degree. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, yet another furry creature that a member of the Home Improvement cast has had an adventure with. And and honestly, yes. I much prefer Bigfoot to Alf. <laughs> now, I'm not going to lie. I actually think it w- would make a really good movie to see Tim Allen versus Bigfoot. You know, I'm kind of surprised... That that hasn't happened. I mean, given yeah. how, g- given that there's a movie where he turns into a dog, why <laughs> wouldn't there be a movie where he has an adventure with Bigfoot? Also, because Bigfoot, on some kind of Iron John level, Bigfoot seems like some expression of like lost masculinity, like a a humanoid creature who's just gone into the woods yeah. and literally embraced his inner hairy man or her. It's inner it's hairy the missing woman. link between between ape and 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 primitive man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Bigfoot probably grunts. I don't think we've heard. <laughs> you know, it's it's a bunch well, of pretty. Yeah. Let, let's earmark that for later in this episode because I, I have oh. questions about this. It. I, I watched this movie twice now. Once with you uh, when you were here, and Woo. once by myself. And only upon the end of the second time I watch it did I realize. Fucking little Bigfoot doesn't say a word in either of these movies. Silent Bigfoot, really. Jay and Silent Bigfoot strike back. <laughs> I mean, uh, but but yeah. I'm gonna say, um, let's. I think we should celebrate the fact that little Bigfoot doesn't say anything because, especially when you're making a low budget children's film, it would be so easy to have little Bigfoot have a cloying, sweet little voice, either like oh, making man. like you know mewing kitten noises, or be yeah. or you know learn to talk and be like, but I just wanted to skateboard. Yeah, like, <laughs> voiced by Dom DeLuise. 
exactly, exactly, which all the kids are crying out for. <laughs> or um, Don Rickles, yeah. Yeah. Th- th- so th- this is the better option, I think, to have a silent Bigfoot. Well, you know what they say. I, I, I don't. I don't know what they say. Who are they, and what is the context? <laughs> I well, I can't. I can't disclose who they are, but I think you know who they are. And I'm using strong air quotes around "they" and every word in this sentence. It, it, uh, but they say that comedy should be able to play well silently. Mm, yes, I see. I see. Uh, which I, I suppose is probably why the uh, dialogue-driven Armando Iannucci Academy Award-winning comedy uh, uh, In the Loop did not do very well in the silent movie yeah. theater. It was a lot of just, exactly. you, get, you get one shot of uh, a bunch of people talking, and then we'd go to a title card where it's just full of text, just lines and lines of text and profanity. Um, more <laughs> In the Loop jokes for all those people who love wordy comedies from like 15 years ago. Um, so Little Bigfoot. Two. Two. The journey oh, right. home. This is a sequel that, and <laughs> unlike yeah. unlike MVP two, where we were constantly being uh, rocked by the you know uh, we we're being rocked like a hurricane by the mysterious events of the first movie and the bizarre topsy turvy <laughs> world of animal sports that it created. This movie, I keep forgetting, is a sequel to anything. It th- there's yes. nothing, no continuity for with a previous film. It seems. Well, I I was curious about that. I did not. I know I did not watch the original Little Bigfoot. So you didn't do your homework. Great, Landon. Uh, but I did watch the trailer and read the synopsis. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you read the book that Little Bigfoot is based on. <laughs> I need to know what that original material is all about. Little Bigfoot um, by Dashiell Hammett. <laughs> uh, and what I gathered is that instead of Stephen First, oh my god, we have so much to talk about with Stephen First. Uh, <laughs> instead of him as the dad, you had the love of my life, PJ Souls, as a mother who has two kids, and they encounter Bigfoot while on a trip, while there are hunters <laughs> hunting the Bigfoot down, and they have to protect him uh, from being killed, I guess? I don't know. And... What I w- the trailer ends well maybe it doesn't end but it it has a a a big part of like helicopters and and cars chasing the little Bigfoot mm-hmm. and I thought for a second could that could this movie pick up right where that movie left off it, yeah well it, oddly enough this movie also kind of feels like it picks up picks up where bigfoot the unforgettable encounter leaves off a completely <laughs> unrelated bigfoot film which is also by pm entertainment uh, who we will be talking about in a little bit actually i should if i want to be very specific it's pm entertainment group incorporated ah yes uh they're kind of a low rent canon and uh, man, I got a lot to to say about them. But uh, the the scripts for these, I feel, because Bigfoot, the Unforgettable Encounter, Little Bigfoot, Little Bigfoot Two, they have a triad of Bigfoot movies <laughs> the for Bigfoot children. Trilogy. Yeah, it's basically the same movie three times over. I, yeah, just like I wish that by the third movie, one of the Bigfoots would have like gotten their shit together and been like, okay, 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 okay. Listen, they're gonna come after us in trucks. Here's what you want to do: you want to let the air out of their tires, you know, in Act Two, so that in Act Three, when the truck chase comes, they can't follow you. Like, like, 
Maybe, I mean, listen, listen, I'm just saying evolution, natural selection, maybe Bigfoot deserves to be wiped out if he's wow. not able to learn it adapt. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to take a, like, Bigfoot Spicy eugenics take on right this. right out the gate. I'm just saying Bigfoot only seems to be able to survive based on the goodwill of multiple different children. Like, all these, uh, the, the amount of effort that just random yeah. kids trying to have a vacation with their negligent parents have to put in to keep Bigfoot alive. Bigfoot, if you can't hack it on your own, maybe your time on this earth is done. <laughs> I, I'm not, okay, well, I want to earmark that, too, for the end of this film as as we we get to the justification for why why we need to save this species. Why Why... It deserves to be in nature and not in a zoo. I'm yeah. very curious about that, but we'll get there eventually. Why don't we bring people into what this movie's about? Do you have a little synopsis? And I will give you 10 bucks if you can make it different than the synopsis I gave for Little Bigfoot. I, I mean, yeah, uh, okay, 10 bucks. Ooh, big money, big money on the table. So uh, <laughs> Little Bigfoot 2 is the story of a boy and his younger sister and their uh, workaholic dad there's a lot of things that could be said about their dad that i'm going to leave out uh who go on a camping trip with their best friend in the woods and uh whilst in the woods they uh encounter little bigfoot who does exactly what he says on the tin who has been separated from his mother whilst being pursued by a pack of hunters who want to put him in a zoo or some shit and the kids take little bigfoot under their wing they spend a lot of the movie hiding little bigfoot from their dad and uh, then eventually, once the hunters realize that Little Bigfoot is with them, uh, it becomes a madcap adventure trying to get Little Bigfoot to his home, his ancestral home, the place where he belongs, uh, and keep him away from the hunters in the process. Uh, d- did, did, I, did I cover it pretty well? You did. You covered it very well. Uh, I'm going to say it wasn't quite different enough from the synopsis i gave uh so i'll give you two two bucks two dollars two dollars okay well there go my dreams of of homeownership okay (laughs) Uh, um i think we should mention i mean yeah i was we're on the the same page what makes what's what's the reason we're watching this movie there you go exactly do you do you want to do you want to tell them no you want to break the news honors are yours uh so the kid in this movie whose name i should mention is scrolling on on IMDb scrolling on IMDb. You don't know his name? We've been covering I, I, I know, eight seasons of Home Improvement. I know Taryn Noah Smith's name. I'm trying to remember the name of the character that he plays, which just somehow doesn't really stick out in my mind. Sammy. Oh, I don't know. Sammy. Or or yeah, uh, let's see. Little uh Bigfoot. Little, little Sammy. Little, little, little Sammy. Well, they name they call little Bigfoot little Bigfoot all the time. They may as well. Okay, uh, his name. Use your it, memory instead of looking at my on IMDb. I want you to think real hard to when he. He, his father calls him out for passing gas in the car. Oh, yes. And his father says, Brian, Brian Ferris, how could Brian. you have made such a terrible <laughs> fart? Yes. Uh, that's that's a little preview of a scene that we will spend most of the podcast talking about. Um, but yeah, so Taryn Noah Smith plays Brian. This is Taryn, uh, you know, circa, I don't know, circa like what? It's season? 1998. 1998. No. Now, here's the weird thing is that well, this came out in 1998, 1998, maybe I'll even give it the benefit of the doubt and say early 1998. Uh, the show ended in 1999, Home Improvement. Yeah, this is this this was shot 
Yes. Way earlier. Much like, I feel like, wasn't that the same case with True Heart or something? Zachary Ty Bryan yeah. is way younger in that than, yep. yeah, when it came out. Yep, exactly. It was like, this is becoming one of the best, or uh, biggest shows on TV. I had to make a very accurate <laughs> correction <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> yeah, take take that, The Wire. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um that uh, all of these movies they had in the can, they just had to get out before the show was over. I think that they were really racing against the clock to go, well, Home Improvement's going to end soon. Uh, we have to get this Taron Noah Smith little Bigfoot movie out before the show's over. Otherwise, no one's ever going to care. The The impending conclusion of Home Improvement was kind of like a group of hunters and a couple of pickup truck, trucks racing down a, a dusty dirt road. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so Zachary Ty Bryan... Uh, Zachary Ty Bryan is not in this movie. Taron Noah Smith is in ding, this ding, movie. Ding, ding, no, 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 Landon. I meant to say it that way all along. <laughs> Going into this movie, though, I had high hopes because as as true fans, as real OGs may remember, every other Home Improvement Boys in the Wilderness movie has a scene where one of them falls into a river and has to be rescued. And we were Doesn't it really... happen twice to ZTB? It, it happens twice to ZTB. I'm trying to remember, does JTT... In Tom and Huck, does he fall into a river? Well, maybe it's maybe it's twice to JTT and, not, he, and once he, to ZTB. He definitely falls in the river in Wild America. No, ZTB yeah. falls in, in the river in True Heart. True Heart. And maybe he... Yeah. I, somehow I don't feel like... Bigfoot the Unforgettable Encounter had the budget for a river. Also, the 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 wooded mountaintop near LA where they shot this doesn't have a river, so that's probably another True, factor. I, I just want to make sure you know that Hollywood studios don't typically build rivers for for movies. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. You're you're telling me that they haven't been paying rivers this whole time? Why do you think nope. start a new union? Why do you think we're in a drought right now? All the rivers are on strike. This is this is <laughs> bullshit. The Colorado River doesn't even reach the Gulf of Mexico anymore because we've been mistreating it. We need to Oh man. I, I hope they've at least been paying Rivers Cuomo for all the good work he's done with Weezer. <laughs> oh, um I want to uh, just before we get into it, uh also mention a little bit more of the cast here. Yes. Uh we have Stephen First who played Flounder in um <laughs> Animal House, his his most iconic role, but I was also going on a little bit of a deep dive on him today and um, saw that he was a series regular on Babylon 5. Mm. Uh, I also remember him from this really bad comedy starring Michael Keaton <laughs> called yeah. The Dream Team. Oh, wow. Um, Michael Keaton, Christopher Lloyd, Peter Boyle, and Stephen First. Mm. Their, I think, escaped uh, uh, mental patients that get go on the town. It's like a comedy version of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Ha! Um, Sounds ha. great. Ha! Yes. Uh, Michael Fishman, playing uh, uh, the best friend to Taron Noah Smith here, mm-hmm. is DJ from uh, The Connors, or before that, Roseanne. Mm. Uh, an interesting crossover of ABC kids here. Yeah, yeah. From from uh yeah from sitcoms anchored by notable conservative celebrities yes yes <laughs> um then we have uh uh Steve Easton playing the the big bad the the hunter that wants Bigfoot Cavendish um, and I have big questions about Cavendish uh, Cavendish and what what he actually wants he uh I know him from um playing Eddie 
in Field of Dreams. He's one of the mm. baseball players who comes out. Uh, but he was also in Con Air and uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> two two walk on roles in two different films. One speaking to you and one speaking to me. Mm-hmm. He was umpire in The Spy Who Shagged Me. Oh, Austin Powers. Oh, oh wait, I remember exactly the scene. That's all. That's yet another. Uh, we, we've we've two balls. Before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, coming from the coming from the big sequence at the end where everyone's seeing the yep. penis shaped ship and, and calling it out. Great, this is awesome. Yep. He was also a policeman in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Two, Freddy's uh, Freddy's Revenge, oh, which uh, <laughs> I think might be one of my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movies. L- little little what? something for everybody. Yeah, uh, and lastly, we have a uh, appearance by Tom Bosley as the Ranger. He's he's credited. On IMDb as Ranger, but in the movie, I'm almost certain he's a sheriff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm almost certain Cavendish says, what can I do for you, sheriff? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, he's he's an authority figure wearing a tan-colored uniform, so you can kind of, like, flip a coin. Is he a Ranger? Is he a sheriff? It, it's it's little ambiguities like that that make Little Bigfoot uh, to <laughs> the journey home such a, uh, such a uh, uh, indelible piece of cinema. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I don't want to go chronologically through this movie for my own sanity because I have done it twice already. Uh, yeah, and, and and guys, look, as you may remember from the synopsis, this is a pretty simple concept. And as you may remember from the previous Bigfoot movie we covered on this podcast, Bigfoot movies in general of this ilk are a pretty simple concept. Yeah. Uh, a kid is in the woods. He discovers Bigfoot. He is protecting Bigfoot. Bigfoot prevails. That's, you get it. <laughs> Bigfoot, the supreme being. Yeah, um, the, bi- the Bigfoot abides. So with that, I mean, where do you want to start? You you took some copious notes when we were watching. Maybe, okay, even though we don't go through this chronologically, how would you like to start at the beginning where, I'm going to ask you a question, you just tell me how you feel about it. Okay, go. You don't, you, okay, you're putting yourself back in the position of, okay, you haven't watched Little Bigfoot 2 yet, we press play. Yeah. Because uh, we, maybe you should mention, and I think alluded to it, we watched this together. Yes. Uh, when you were visiting. We, yes. We took the opportunity to forward think and uh, uh, actually sit down and watch a movie we're, together. We're, we're like, we haven't seen each other in three years. Uh, this is my first time visiting Wisconsin. How are we going to maximize the time together? You know, Landon has an expansive library of excellent films. We're both cinephiles to varying degrees, and we landed on Little Bigfoot, too. Uh, a movie that, <laughs> although different, we should also say, you you told me you had a surprise for me. We were sitting in, in, yeah. your, in your reading nook, and you... you Carefully opened the drawer and and reached inside and pulled out the DVD for Little Bigfoot too, and it was an unforgettable encounter with uh, <laughs> with that jewel case. Uh, I'm glad, uh, and I, I think worth mentioning at the very least that this was a, a it it might be one DVD, but it has both Little Bigfoot two, The Journey Home, and Bigfoot an under, unforgettable encounter on it. I I. So it really like kind of kind of winking at you and saying like yeah sure there one one is a sequel to the other one and again it kind of hangs together that it could be honestly <laughs> I don't need to see little Bigfoot one I'm just I'm kind of just it would it's it's a more satisfying uh it, it's a more satisfying chronology of movies if the first movie Zachary Ty Bryan helps 
big Bigfoot escape and get onto a nature preserve. And then this movie picks up a few years later and it's like, yeah, Bigfoot found a lady Bigfoot and started a family. <laughs> and they're both shit parents who lose their kid. <laughs> I I got to admit, I, I've, I've confused a lot of uh, Bigfoot, the unforgettable encounter with true heart. <laughs> now, because and, and that's it's it, it's gonna dovetail a little bit into my question for you here, which is, uh, I'm not sure which of those two movies ends in a shootout. Yeah, uh, but how did you, how did you feel when this film opened with shots, you know, kind of uh, helicopter shots going over vistas, and then suddenly you see a sniper hanging out of the side of one of them. I, I, you know, uh, uh, hanging out the side of the helicopter. I mean, I really did think, oh, shit, this must be a sequel to Bigfoot, the Unforgettable Encounter. Because I'm like this, this because it goes from sniper hanging out the side of a helicopter to trucks speeding along a road. And I'm like, wait, this is like this picks up like one second after the last (laughs) movie ends. Like that's something I do remember is uh, Bigfoot, the Unforgettable Encounter had a, a wicked uh, chase scene in it yeah the both both movies kind of go hard on the car chases i i guess seeing a seeing a bigfoot movie and the first thing i see is speeding pickup trucks and a helicopter with a sniper in it it's it kind of like coming home you know it was like <laughs> i've been here before i'm on the couch with landon we're watching a bigfoot adventure <laughs> it's like it's like it's, the pandemic never happened so you're, you just threw your hands up you're like what? Why, why do we even have to watch this movie? Yeah. I am home. I don't need a journey home. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, when you say it goes hard, I mean, this movie opens with, like, I, 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 okay, I'm just estimating here, but I'm going to say close to seven minutes without dialogue. Pure yeah. action. Yep. Uh, helicopters, hunters, just... Everyone chasing down these two big foot, uh, big feet, big feet. Yeah. What's the plural of big feet? Uh, uh b- it's Big's foot, actually. Big's uh, foot. Okay. Yes, the, these two Big's foot are being these chased. These two Big's foot, and like to the point where one car skids off the road and it like does a Dukes of Hazard, f- uh, like flip over in air. Yes. Um, and I'm like, God damn, some stunt person. Put his life on the line for Little Bigfoot Two: The Journey Home. I, it's yeah. Watch it. Watching this, also this movie from this budget directed video movie from 1998. It really gives me an appreciation for how much bigger the budgets on low budget movies used to be. <laughs> like I feel like now nowadays I don't think so. I, there, look, there's no. I think they just did more with with a lower budget. Look, there's no there there's no money in one of those like any of the 53 Belarusian action movies that uh that Bruce Willis starred in. There was never a car like <laughs> flipping and crashing for reals. Like there maybe was like, you know, maybe they would film one car lightly tapping another one and then they would do a CGI explosion over it or something, but you weren't getting an actual practical effect where a car comes flipping and barrel rolling <laughs> towards the camera and pancakes onto its back. In 1997, I'm not sure that cost a whole lot of money. I mean, they're using a car that was probably slated for scrap metal anyway. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I guess human life was just cheaper back in 1997. <laughs> exactly. It was it was different. <laughs> it was an entire different millennia. Yeah. Um a, a brutal time when the car chases were slightly better. Well, and the okay. the, the other oh, the other big 
revelation. I think the moment that I realized in these opening, you know, v- very intense car chase scenes, the moment that I realized this wasn't your daddy's Bigfoot is when, you know, uh, parent Bigfoot kind of like sequesters little Bigfoot in a hiding place. And it's just basically like, okay, well, you you distract them while I get away. Like just le- leaves its, <laughs> its kin there and then goes off. It's never really explained why little why 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 grande bigfoot does this but little bigfoot is hiding alone presumably terrified and pokes its head out at one point as all this commotion and chasing is going on and for the first time you see like you you when you realize little bigfoot has a horrifying puppet face with like articulated big scary shit articulated eyes that look around and blink and it's it's you never get used to it (laughs) It's never even, okay. Even more than that, it's it's the mouth that kind of hangs agape and then closes and then opens back up, just kind of indiscriminately. I, that does it for me. It's 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 like a, a I don't know some sort of spectral vision you'd see in a nightmare. Yeah. Yes. Which is which is all the weirder that throughout the movie they're trying so hard to sell little Bigfoot as this cute creature who who these kids love and want to hang out with and be around when in fact like. Like, the movie E.T., which this movie borrows liberally from, uh, E.T. is kind of grotesque and scary, and I think the magic of E.T. is that even though he's unsettling-looking, like, you very quickly, like, uh, you know, you you come to like E.T., and you come to invest in the relationship between him and the kid, and it's great. Bigfoot, Little Bigfoot, is outwardly a lot cuter than E.T. Like, it's a, you know, it's just, it's a furry you know, fuzzy mm-hmm. kind of thing, but the face is so disturbing that it negates all of the other cuteness that might be there of this little furry creature running around. Agreed. Uh, but you're making a point about the parent. I mean, I, I guess, uh, yeah, just the main point about, about large Bigfoot is I don't get, I don't get what his deal is. I don't get what the plan is. It's never really explained. <laughs> it's not like, Oh, they got they get separated, you know, at the you know at the last second, and and Grand Grande Bigfoot is trying to catch up to Little Bigfoot the whole time. It's really just Grande Bigfoot leads Little Bigfoot into like a, a, a like the opening to a cave or something like that, and just like signals to stay there, and then goes loping off. And it 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 puts me in mind uh kind of of MVP two, where it's like, wait, so <laughs> so the this this chimp like you, is that your son at the trailer park that you're just leaving behind to go play hockey right. and then you lose your job on the hockey team and you just don't go back to your son like and then your son is <laughs> running around looking for you like it, it's yeah. it uh, the, all of these movies kind of rhyme every every movie we've watched <laughs> uh for this podcast is kind of a sequel to all of the other movies. Yeah. I, well, I thought you were heading, and I guess this is going to lead me to my second question in terms of what you thought you were in for. Yeah. When this big chase culminates with uh, Grande Bigfoot uh, sequestering little Bigfoot and then proceeding to be shot and thrown off of a rock face. <laughs> Fuck. Now, now, okay, I'm not certain which Bigfoot this is who gets shot and thrown off a rock face. Is it Grande Bigfoot or Pequeño yeah. Bigfoot? Yeah, no, Little Bigfoot, uh, the the sequestering under a pine tree, for whatever reason, works. Uh, and, and he, well, I guess I shouldn't say he. I don't know it's a he. We, we're never given the gender the, no, of well, No, no, they, 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 they all use he, him pronouns with Little Bigfoot. So evidently these yeah, kids they could have, be in the wrong. 
I mean, I, or maybe these kids have noticed some genitalia that we have been fortunately spared uh, in terms of the framing <laughs> right. and shooting of the movie. Um, well, well, whatever the case, uh, Little Bigfoot, um, once the hunters continued to chase uh, Grande Bigfoot, um, runs off and hides in, in the cave, presumably the home of of the big the big foot. Yeah. Or or their vacation cave, you know, it's like yeah, their, it's, true. it's their Airbnb or something. They could be on vacation the way that the uh, the Ferris family is on vacation in this. Bigfoots, they're just like us. Um, but yeah, so he he comes he comes out. He he leaves his shelter. He goes scrabbling up this rock face. The hunters spot him. He's standing on top of the rock face. One of them shoots him with a tranquilizer dart. It hits him. He spins dramatically in slow motion. Off and, and falls off the edge of this rock face, and then we get a first-person POV of just, like, the camera careening down towards the ground, <laughs> the ground rushing yeah. up at us. This, right. this, uh, 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 yet exhibit B in this movie goes really hard. Like, tr- <laughs> truly terrifying. I am... Like you are with bears, I kind of am with falling from a great height. Not that I know mm. that... I, I don't think there's loads of people out there who are totally chill with the idea of falling face first from a great height but that yep. I, I was actually upset for about a second and they've put the cutesy character in the lead of this uh children's movie in real frightening mortal peril just right away <laughs> uh so <laughs> did you <laughs> with okay and i i did clock it as well because i've got it playing in the background um seven minutes and 47 seconds without dialogue wow it yeah what is it for a children's it, what, film that's insane is this this is the equivalent of like what is it once upon a time in the west or something like that where it's just <laughs> not quite that's like 12 minutes but yeah. yeah okay almost good good the bad and the ugly though there's like no words for the first half hour this is <laughs> this is the good the bad and the ugly of bigfoot movies <laughs> um so I, I, my question still stands like you 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 experience that you are legit terrified for 1 second what do you think this movie is going to be at that moment i'm you know, honestly, at that point, I my my big takeaway is just this is going to be a this is going to be a much more balls to the wall Bigfoot movie than I expected. This is going to be uh, this is going to be like an uh, I don't know I don't know if I don't know if uncut gems is the right comparison. This is the uncut gems of Bigfoot movies, or this is the I don't know what's a movie that just starts and just goes really hard and then just gets the fuck out as soon as it's done. Good time. Uh, their other movie, the yeah, Safdie's okay. other movie. Okay, this yeah, this is a Safdie Brothers Bigfoot movie, <laughs> basically. It's it, it, big time. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's the uncut gems of nineteen nineties children Bigfoot movies. Yeah, it, exactly, exactly. Although, although, <laughs> yeah, it's at some point, little Bigfoot just looks at the camera and goes, "Holy shit, I'm gonna fart." <laughs> uh, little. And his in, eyes get real beady. Yeah, exactly. This is how I win. Honestly, as long as we're going to keep making Uncut Gems references, those all six of our listeners who have seen Uncut Gems, when he's got the little, um, the little like bejeweled Furby with the eyes going back and forth, that's kind of like what little it's, Bigfoot's eyes look like. That's yeah, th- that is not a, a bad comparison. Like if you could gold plate little Bigfoot, it would look like a gold plated Furby. Yes, and also, uh, d- just again, uh, w- one last bit, then we'll stop talking about Uncut Gems, one of my favorite movies from three years ago. Uh, what if Kevin Garnett 
played the dad in this instead of Stephen First. <laughs> I okay. Let's he talk about it. Stephen First. Let's, let's talk let's, about Kevin Garnett. No, well, yeah. no, let's talk about Stephen First. I think I think we have to introduce the family before we can start breaking down the individual characters. We'll, and we'll, we'll talk about Stephen Second then, I guess. Son of a bitch. Uh, I I do want to start. Uh, chronologically to just introduce the characters and then we'll get to it. So they, they shoot down Bigfoot and all of the hunters are like, fuck yeah, we did it, bro. <laughs> High five. Let's stand around in our orange hunting vests, uh, holding the gun at our hip. And, uh, this are being safe car rolls up and we get like a Michael Bay introduction to the villain where we see his boots Cavendish. first. <laughs> and then we get this super low, shot looking up at him uh mm-hmm. at, at cavendish and as a villain he's very peculiar and we'll we'll talk about him more as we go along but just to give you a sense of what we're dealing with out the gate all these hunters are are standing around and uh after they high five they realize oh shit the bigfoot that should have splayed itself on the rocks below where it fell is missing. It's gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where is it? L- little Bigfoot has got up and run away because his brain is made of rubber, I guess. It's no, no, no. This is grande Bigfoot. This is grande Bigfoot. I thought, no, I thought this was little Bigfoot. Little, little Bigfoot after he's sequestered under the tree goes and runs off and hides in the cave. I'm sorry. I know. I thought this is okay. The, I'm, wa- I'm watching it. On okay, the if you're, right if you're now. watching it right now, and I watched it a couple days ago, uh, fine, fine. Uh, all right, so they've <laughs> lost they've lost both Bigfoots that the hunters were trying to yes, nab. Both yeah. both big feet are gone. Yeah, and okay, so I'm, I'm talking about Cavendish. Cavendish pops Cavendish. up, and he he walks into this group of hunters, and uh, proceeds to in in villain style kind of belittle them you know going a long way around to make a point yeah um so he like he he starts real kind of nonchalant saying oh well yeah if you're all just standing around here it must be great that you got this bigfoot for me and uh you know can you tell me you know uh, why why the bigfoot's not there and why you're standing here and he's like getting inches from this person's face just kind of like talking nonchalantly almost uh, yeah you know well, I mean, I want you to be able to explain to me. I just don't understand why you'd be standing right here if the Bigfoot isn't there. Why Why you don't have it? And then he, like, goes to another person two inches from their face saying, well, maybe you could tell me. Why, why is he standing right there if, if, if the Bigfoot's not caught? And then after, like, a minute and a half, two minutes of this, just, he just finally goes, well, maybe, maybe since the Bigfoot's not here, we can all, you know, get moving. No! <laughs> and I, just screams like it there's these weird this movie with the characters has uh uh these weird turns and i i pull that out because it is meant to make him look like a badass villain you know in large and in charge yeah but steven first's comedic line delivery well well <laughs> is, is almost identical to this Oh, okay, so Stephen first, who have, who who will meet soon, playing the dad, yes. dad is kind of yeah. Th- this movie does have the kind of you know it it's trying to I think kind of be like hey it's got some it's got a little Bigfoot in it it's got some some action and car chases for the kids but then for the parents watching with them we got some jokes we got some you know some bits <laughs> some kind of roasty comedy going on do do, do we 
I mean, I so I have so many questions. Well, so I don't know. Questions. I don't know who. Like, I don't know who this Cavendish bit, like this extensive bit of him going around and kind of like circuitously berating his henchmen. I, I don't. I don't know that that really is going to tickle a five year old's fancy the same way little Bigfoot is. So if it's not for no, the kids. But- it's in terms of it being a children's film and it's setting up him as a villain, like every kid knows what it's like to be yelled at. Yeah. And I think that's like it, it is a childish way of looking at being yelled at like, oh, my God, this guy yells at adults. He yeah. must be really evil. <laughs> what a badass. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it makes, you know, Cavendish is I, I think he's really shooting himself in the foot here because there are a lot of other Bigfoot hunting operations out there where these people could go work. Like, he's not the only game in town. Right. you got to treat your staff better, Cavendish. Let's, like, they're going to quiet quit on you. Let's crack this open uh, just to really understand his motivations in this movie because yeah. I also logged that uh, later on in the film where, like, they have... The guns, they have the resources. What the fuck does he do? What? Why? Why would any of them listen to him? Why? Why do they? Well, like, and and furthermore, he seems to be wealthy. He's this rich landowner who seems to own a company. He has like Cavendish Industries or whatever, like on the side of all these trucks they're driving around. He's okay. a man who can. Well, who, I mean, that doesn't mean you you own a company necessarily. I mean, you could pay to just. Paint someone's side of their car. I no, I don't believe it, Landon. I don't think such things are possible. Look, he's a man a, who has. I'm a wealthy he, landowner that needs to launder some money, so I'm going to pretend to have a company and I'm going to paint my logo on the side of ten trucks. I, I mean, look, he. This is a man with enough money for a staff, for multiple pickup trucks, and a helicopter. I don't know why he really needs a Bigfoot. Like, well, I get, that, this is a question. This is a yeah. question I have. Are they his staff, or is he hiring contractors? <laughs> Okay, so are they are they W two or are they ten ninety nine? Let's let's really well, get it's, into. It's important for me to know later on in this film as to like why haven't these hunters hit their breaking point? Like this dude is a dickhead. They they're not getting paid very much. He says he's gonna kill them at one point. It's like for what? What's the what's the what's in it for them? You know. I mean, I'm going to come back to Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. The the guys in that movie are all singularly obsessed with gold. Maybe in the reality of the six or seven million Bigfoot movies, maybe a Bigfoot is like gold there. Like maybe that, like Could maybe be. they're driven mad by by proximity to Bigfoot, or maybe it's like a Lord of the Rings <laughs> thing, where like the quest for like Bigfoot's like the Ring, and like the quest for a Bigfoot uh, drives you mad. I guess I guess well, okay. Gollum all right. goes mad because he has the Ring. So it's an inverse Lord of the Rings. So yeah, so may, so maybe like ZTB and uh, TNS, by virtue of being <laughs> close to Bigfoots for a long time, will become Gollum after the events of the film. Ah. Mm. I think the the reality is we will become more like Gollum by the end of this. I I am hunching more and more over my microphone, and my <laughs> my eyes are getting uh, larger. You know, Gollum and Little Bigfoot also have kind of similarly creepy eyes. <laughs> I bet if you got little Bigfoot wet, he would look like a golem. I, I, you know what? I'm, I am now very glad that there was no river action in this movie. Uh, yes, yeah, spo- spoiler, spoiler alert: Taron Noah Smith does not fall in a river in this movie. Uh, the no. whole podcast has been a failure. I regret everything in my life. Um, okay, just so, just to sum this up: Cavendish, wealthy landowner, wants Bigfoot. 
it, it becomes clear later on that it, owning Bigfoot is going to make him a lot of money. It's I think it's um, a zoo thing. I think he's going to put him in a zoo. Yeah, I mean, a zoo thing becomes part of it by the end. I, I didn't really. I guess I guess that's what he, he's going to sell it to a zoo. Do zoos really pay a lot of money for animals? Look, Cavendish bought a zoo, and he needs something to put in the zoo. This is a sequel to a, to that Cameron Crowe movie that we all love to mock. Like, like once the the animals are not enough to get people in the door and pay for yeah. your zoo bills, you need a Bigfoot or even a little Bigfoot. You need, you need a crypto zoo. <laughs> uh, well, so okay. Yeah, I've, like, do we do we do we have any more Cavendish talk to do? Because we no, need to crack I, open Stephen first as yeah. Derby I just the dad. wanted to I, I wanted to just understand what his whole deal was before he moved on. So okay. so we know what what this innocuous family is going to be up for when they uh, when they get into the woods. So th- th- this family's kind of innocuous. I'm going to have to say I don't think they're innocuous. There's... Sorry, you're you're mispronouncing. It's noxious. Yeah. Oh, they are a noxious family. And speaking of noxious. We pan from like like the, the we pan over to the crashed truck and there's steam pouring out from under the hood. We push in on the steam and then in yet another instance of this movie going really fucking hard and me loving it, we match cut to steam and smoke rising off of a a like burning griddle on a uh, on a stove in a suburban kitchen and a fire alarm is going off and we and we see Stephen first playing the dad Derby Ferris come running in freaking out oh oh my god oh the breakfast is burning and his little daughter is sitting at the at the kitchen table going daddy daddy breakfast is on fire and the camera is panning frenetically back and forth between him running around trying to like pick up the pan and burning his hand and everything and whip panning back to the girl going on and like him freaking out and he's like think, trying to talk on his big clunky 90s cell phone and do a business call at the same time and he's going nuts and we, so we meet Stephen first the dad we meet uh the the young daughter uh Shelly and then we meet Brian, Taryn Noah Smith, all in this chaotic kitchen. And it's all one take of just the camera panning back and forth between the chaos of the burning pan and the kids at the table roasting their dad for sucking at making breakfast. And on and the dad is freaking out and and, and going totally to pieces. One un, kind of the 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 boogie nights of uh of of low budget Bigfoot movies is yeah. you know what? Let's introduce all our main characters in yeah. one one shot. That's a, that's a Goodfellas, not a not a boogie, boogie Nights. I mean, Boogie Nights introduces all the characters in one shot. I mean, Goodfellas yeah, but also it, does it that. stole it from Goodfellas. Yeah, fine, but I, you know, okay, fine. You're right. No, you're right, Landon. Marty Scorsese hasn't no gotten one, enough accolades. We got let's pile more onto him. No one, no one has ever done it before. Before Goodfellas, don't even go looking. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we're we're going to take we're going to take fame and attention away from poor neglected Paul Thomas Anderson who no white guys ever talk about and instead heap it on to Scorsese this is totally totally unfair um oh my god so okay it, but so just the shooting of this scene is yeah. so much the more, editing and the shooting yeah yeah it, it's so much more intense and just vibrant and interesting than it has any business being and I'm already kind I, of in love yeah 100% agree like even even the the action shots and the stuff from the first sequence there's a certain like even by calling it tv quality doesn't quite encapsulate the the like what mvp2 was like there's just yeah. a certain level of 
put the camera there so you capture everything that's happening between the actors, and we'll move on. One setup. That's all we need. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. This is like an actual attempt at some sort of cinematic language. Uh, just, yeah, like the, the camera will be at kind of like a tilted angle and it'll be whip panning to follow a truck blazing past the camera. Or like yeah. A person will like pull, pull up in the car and leap out of it and walk up into focus in one shot. Like it, it's it's shot with it's, some care and forethought there, and blocking. I'm not going to lie. There, there's some brilliant, like almost Roger Corman-esque uh, uh, economy to this as well, where it's like, well, we need to make this visually interesting, and we can't spend. We have two miners on set today. We can't have this go past, you know, uh, you know, a four-hour shoot. How do we get all the coverage we need in a short-ass amount of time? And it's like we're just going to run around the kitchen with the camera in one long take. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I have to imagine, you know, most of it falls on to Stephen First's shoulders. All uh, the the daughter has to do is recite one or two lines in all yep. of this, uh, which could have easily also been 80 yard. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think that was a way that they could accomplish that. And they, they, they employ that trick throughout the film of like, yes. let's, <laughs> we need to shoot this interestingly and quickly and cheaply. How do we do that? And and look, and Stephen First, Stephen First is like Atlas holding the world up. Like so much of this film rests on his shoulders. He is work. He is the hardest working man in this movie. He his character, whether is, he's asked to be or not. <laughs> I mean, look, his his character is aggressively grating and annoying and unlikable. But boy, howdy, I appreciate the amount of scenery he chews, and he is thrown himself into this ridiculous nebbish of a dad with total abandon. Like, at, during this <laughs> during this crazy kitchen scene with all the chaos and it's all one take, he's doing this kind of extensive bumbling monologue, like his daughter's saying, like, oh, I, I'm a vegetarian, I'm not going to eat those bacon and eggs. And he's saying, like, oh, well, you can, you can just eat the eggs because eggs are like free animals, so technically they're vegetarian. And, like, <laughs> like he's just, they've given him a lot to say, and he's saying all yeah. of it, and he's doing stuff, and he's running around. Like, he... He earned the $250 a day they presumably paid him to be in this movie. Uh, worth mentioning now, I think, because there, there are a lot of those lines throughout this. Um, I don't... Okay, PM Entertainment Group Incorporated <laughs> doesn't strike me as um, a organization that has a lot of comedians uh, or comedic writers on staff. Perhaps not. In fact, they they only did a I think four uh, children's films in their or maybe maybe five in their entire uh, run, which was Bigfoot: The Unforgettable Encounter, <laughs> Little Bigfoot One and Two, and Magic Kid One and Two. What do kids like? They like Bigfoots. Give them all the Bigfoots they can take. <laughs> um, so I'm wondering if Stephen First, who was a comedian and comedic actor uh, and writer and director in his own right. I'm wondering if he's like, I'll do this if you just let me write all my own lines. <laughs> Fuck yes. Fuck yes, I love that. Or he's improvising. Like, How about that shit, though? This is just some real UCB would be, stuff. I, I, don't, I can't even wrap my head around how you improvise a character this obnoxious for this long and not miss a, a single line. I, I mean, I, I mean, I think that's being a professional, you know, the the, 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 <laughs> the B the B in UCB stands for Bigfoot. Um, 
upright Bigfoot. So, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, like if a Bigfoot that isn't upright is just a bear, like that's Bigfoot's whole thing is it walks on two legs. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to even mention them. Um, so we should also mention in this opening scene, uh, you know, we meet uh, Zach, uh, Dollar in the Jar. We meet Tara <laughs> Noah Smith's character, and he's, uh, unlike his character on Home Improvement, uh, he's, uh, let's just say, when he wears a baseball cap, is the brim going forward over his face? Nah, dog. Nah, that brim is going backwards because this dude <laughs> is a little bit feisty. He is, uh, he's a live wire. He's a, uh, <laughs> uh, he is. Yeah, it's it's Mark has broke bad. Like mm-hmm. it almost feels like he's walked off the set. Not even walked off the set. It's like he walked out of the front door of the Taylor house and went to his second family. Is like those motherfuckers <laughs> over there don't appreciate me at all. And I come over here, and Dad, you're so busy that uh, you never have any time for me. Like he can't get it from any direction. Yeah. Yeah, sir. Yeah, he's he's getting, but at least you know he takes the neglect in the Taylor house. He kind of takes that lying down. Here he's like, "Fuck it! If my other family is gonna do that, too, I'm I'm not gonna take it from from this wet noodle." And so that's why he is. <laughs> that's why he has repeatedly skipped school, which they uh, they yeah. they find out in a phone call, which makes his uh, his dad very angry. Um, uh, but okay, let's just bring this out to talk a little bit about their relationship um, and and why they're gonna go on this family vacation. Uh, he missed three days of school because dad never showed up to Father Sunday and he was embarrassed to go back. Douche chill. I mean, <laughs> now, now, would, would, now, if it were me, based on the kind of dad that Stephen First is playing in this movie, I would be more embarrassed if he did show up. I would not have told him. Like, this is not. Agreed. This is not the kind of dude who's like, oh man, I can't wait to show this this bumbling uh, businessman off to, to all of my friends. They're going to think I'm such a badass. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's funny that you picked up that he was an insurance man because I, on the second watch, I was like, what the fuck does he do? Is he a lawyer? Is he, what does he do? And it wasn't until literally about two thirds or three fourths of the way into the film, he says that he sells insurance and I'm like, oh, well, okay, (laughs) you're bad at being a salesperson. Why, why wouldn't you? Well, maybe he's not. Maybe he's not bad. I mean, they I seem mean, to be well off. Yeah, he might. He might be great at. He might be great at the at the business side. I mean, he is. He has certain failings as a father, but maybe in the insurance industry that works for he him. Just, he, he's just like, I quit calling me. How much do you want just to stop calling me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's I how, never that's have to hear your out. voice or bad Woody Allen impression again. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, they're, they're going to go on this camping trip. And what I should also mention, I know that we don't want to do this necessarily in chronological order, but it's worth just establishing. Uh, Taryn Noah Smith goes outside because he's going to go to school and like, it's going to leave on the camping trip, you know, that night or something like that. He goes out and he meets his uh, his friend who they're going to bike to school together at the front door. And so we get this exterior shot of the house from like it's in the middle of the street. It's very far away. And we see a tiny Taryn Noah Smith and his uh, and his friend meet up at the front door with their bikes and they're talking about how like, oh yeah, dad found out I was skipping school. Oh man, that sucks. And and his friend is telling him how like, yeah, there's going to be this, this cool party this weekend. And my, you know, my, my, our, our friend's uh, parents are going to be out of town so we can watch the Playboy channel. Like, uh, and they, they, in the course of this conversation, they walk from the front step of the house 
down the driveway into the street. So they basically walk until they are center frame in the camera. Yeah. And so that's that's a way to info dump all this information with with just basically doing one camera setup. And it would look amateurish if they never got close to the camera. But the fact that they get all the way up and get close to it and it ends with them in full face, it's like, oh, this is kind of a, a clever bit. Um <laughs> But so also <laughs> worth mentioning for for how kind of I don't know children's filmy this is it's still to use your words uh, quite horny it's it's remarkably horny to hear it's remarkably horny period it's remarkably jarring to hear our little boy our little boy Mark Taylor talking about like wanting to watch the playboy channel and having yeah. amorous interest in naked women and it's especially yeah and later mentioning hey why don't we go to vegas with the showgirls and you know uh naked showgirls movies <laughs> naked showgirls and the girl the movies you can rent on the tv screen and, you know all that kind of stuff yeah the, the, these these kids are uh the, these kids know what they're after um but so, but so they they've walked down and they are they are full face in the screen. And they're talking about this, and basically, Tara and Noah Smith is trying to convince his friend, "Hey, look, I I've got to go camping with my with my dad and my sister. I'm not gonna be able to make it to the party. You should come with me. Yeah, why don't you come with me? Come on. No, I'm not gonna come with you. Come with me. No, I don't want to come with you. The camera whip pans to the left and transitions us to in the car, fully packed and loaded, driving through the woods, and. And Taryn Noah Smith's friend is in the back seat with him and his younger sister. Again, yeah, going so hard, economy of editing. It's like we don't need to see all the other shit that happens. We don't need to see comedy bits of them packing the car. I, Let's just go. I almost feel like it's a trope of children's films when they're going to go on a trip to just see the 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 packing of the car. I mean, the, I know. I guess I didn't clock that until you mentioned it just now, but like. Yeah, the fact that that's not in there, and I every time I see that thing, just I don't need to see you packing a car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Dad, I can't take my Game Boy. Oh, this is lame. No, son, <laughs> we're going to appreciate nature. No, none of that. None of that. Mark, just... Mark, Mark is playing a Game Boy here for sure. Oh, yes. He, oh, he. Yeah. He. Yeah. There was no fight about the Game Boy. He got to bring it. Um. Yeah, but that, also it... their their house. I guess they are well off because it is a three car garage. Oh. And, and and you know what the house it also as I recall looks a lot like it's in the ET neighborhood by which I yes. mean basically the house is priced somewhere in the San Fernando Valley and probably belongs <laughs> to the director, uh, producers maybe um, the oh god I don't even know what to to go to next so we we've introduced everyone at this point yeah Michael Michael Fishman's the the kind of bad influence friend um, uh, that is really interested in seeing Miss January. Yeah, exactly. We we got the the kind of salty mark in this, and uh, we're we're on our way. So let's let's start picking up the pace a little bit with some. What what where do you <laughs> what interests you to talk? About? Sorry, this it's really distracting me having it play in the background because just a, a taste of the jokes and maybe we can go into the humor of this movie. Sure, uh, yes, is when they're. When we crash edit into the car, uh, Stephen first is on the phone uh, trying to you know make some sort of insurance call. He, he's, and he's he, also he, driving very dangerous. He, he's um, just his deal is he's always on the phone because he's the workaholic yeah. dad. Yes. Yes. And uh, finally, he puts the phone down and uh, th- thinks that they're lost. And he's having this argument with his daughter going, uh, you know, 
she's like, you took a left turn. He's like, no, that wasn't a left turn. It was a, it was a curve in the road. I think I would know if I took a left turn. He's like, there was a, it was a turn. He's like, it was a curve. And she goes, it was a turn. And uh, it just goes on and on and on. And then huh. finally, Mike says something from the back seat, and he goes, "Mike, what are you doing here?" <laughs> it's. It's something that is, uh, I, I find all of it endearing because it is just so overblown, so aggressively over the top, <laughs> and, like so heightened and unbelievable that I, I don't know, I kind of, I kind of love it. <laughs> it's, it's not I, funny, I, but, but no, it, it's, it's not, but it, it's almost fascinating in terms of like watching an alien species. <laughs> it is, you know. Yeah, yes. In the same way that when I watched the movie Showgirls, all like the only way I could parse <laughs> the behavior of the characters in this movie was by assuming, you know what, this is the movie that the bugs in Starship Troopers made about Earth after the war. <laughs> like this is what they just like this is what they how they tried to assume that people are like. I I feel like the bugs also made this movie a little bit. Um Wow. You've been on a Paul Verhoeven kick lately. I, I've I've been I've been kicking it with with Polly V. I have I have to admit. Uh, and and um, you know and at times, no no. There's nothing in this movie was reminiscent of a Paul Verhoeven movie. I guess nothing was nothing was really over the top <laughs> violent. Um, we're so, talking about the humor. We're talking about the humor, which is to say we're talking about Stephen first. It's really it's really Stephen first. That's the thing to go into because later when they are. When they're at the when they're at their campsite, there's a scene of him trying to get some work done. He takes his chunky '90s laptop and his cell phone and everything, and he he sets his laptop up on like a stump, and he's sitting there, and he's got his lunch next to him, and he's trying to work, but just the sounds of like the birds chirping and the wind and the trees <laughs> oh and everything, God. it's just like driving him mad, and he just like you know screaming, he can't focus, so he pulls out his Walkman puts in a cassette tape of city noises and puts on the headphones and then that relaxes him and soothes him and he's able to get work done <laughs> which <laughs> i i mean it's not like it's just it's an endearing bit somehow i'm just like okay this isn't really <laughs> funny and this is all being dialed up to 11 but I, I I find it amusing that this movie about bigfoot decided to take a detour into Again, I don't know that a kid would necessarily think this is funny. I don't know that a kid is going to parse like, ah, yes, that the yeah this this businessman is so used to city life that he can't unwind in the woods where we're supposed it's, to unwind. That's part of the the alien charm of it. Is like a lot of the jokes, especially a lot of the Stephen First jokes, feel like they go like. This is something that either would have uh, uh, been distributed via HBO and shown on like a, a Sunday afternoon or 100 mm. um, percent hit the the video market, home video yes. market. So this isn't really a let's rent a, a family film for the weekend and I'll sit down and watch it. It's this is a what do you want from the video store that you can watch while I you know go get some stuff done around the house? Well, well, I put in my my Walkman tape of city noises so I can actually focus for once. Yes, <laughs> right, right. So I like the fact that they're making somewhat I wouldn't say adult humor. I mean, it's not like blue or anything, but jokes that kids wouldn't get and adults would like is very confusing to me. <laughs> I I I think 
what it suggests to me is that the the writers of the film, uh, which who are director Art Camacho, a man who we have a lot to say about, and uh, Richard Preston Jr., it suggests to me that they actually took some joy in writing this. They actually, like, cared about it. Like, whether or not they thought they were making the best movie ever, it was like, this was something that the two of them dreamed up together thought was really funny and felt was important to include in the movie. And I think that's beautiful. I don't know. I, I There's so much just yeah. safe paint-by-numbers crap out there. There was a lot in the 90s, and now, oh, God, there's even more of it that is just everything is just algorithmically like, you know, here's this yep. and here's this yep. and here's this. Like, it's, you know, it's some it's some kind of Taken clone or whatever like that. And just every yeah. single thing is, is what you expect. The fact that th- this is just this weird moment of human originality in this movie, um, amid many others, which I I am I am enamored of. Also, also I, I felt, and you can remember me really identifying with this strongly when it was on screen. He's sitting there trying to work on his laptop. He's got a diet coke next to him, and then uh, when you know little Bigfoot comes by and knocks his diet coke over, and he picks it up and opens it, and it's shook up and it sprays all over his face, and he's outraged. Every, everything about this guy being uncomfortable in the woods trying to use his laptop and just drink a Diet Coke, that's me, guys. That's, that's, <laughs> I, I, I felt seen and represented in this here Bigfoot movie. Maybe that's why it was, it knew it was, uh, it was creating a hook specifically for you. Yeah, exactly. It was algorithmically generated after all. <laughs> well, actually, that's a good, uh, segue to get into talking a little bit about, um, the, artistic force behind this film and I I think you make a good point and I would support it by illustrating further that the PM Entertainment Group Incorporated um, say the full name every time (laughs) they are it's part of the fun of it they uh, they're a very tight knit group of uh, professionals they mostly did um, action films a lot of martial arts films uh, a, a couple Anna Nicole Smith action movies. They they got into the exploitation realm with some you know Anna Nicole Smith action films. Yeah. Um, and they were directed by you know like it it really was kind of like a Roger Corman studio in yeah. that Art Camacho was an actor and stunt coordinator in the early films and slowly made his way up to directing. Mm-hmm. Um. Part uh, the producers of this, uh, Richard Pepin, you and I on another night you were here watched a movie called Firepower. Oh in yes, which uh, uh, Art Camacho, the director of this movie, has a, a, a supporting role in. So they're all working very closely together. Richard Pepin, the director of that, is the the P in PM Entertainment. Oh. Uh, him and another producer, you know, combined the the initials of their last names, and so like the rest was history. I, I get the sense that you know, as they continued through the decades of making, I think it was like 1988. I'd have to look it up, but it was like 1988 through 2001, I believe, was the the span of time that they made 150 films uh, for <sighs> PM Entertainment Group Incorporated. Um, Back when we were a proper country, yes. <laughs> and during that time, I think they were just all a very tight-knit group. Now, I'm not going to go so far as to say that, you know, I know for sure that this was a fun shoot. But they all kind of knew each other. And as they made bigger, bigger films, 
you know, the distributors were telling them you need to put more recognizable stars in your films. And I think that kind of ate into their budgets and maybe didn't make it as fun. Mm -hmm. But this feels like right in that sweet spot of we have two kids from TV and we have Stephen First uh, known from, you know, movies and TV before this. Um, and th the rest of it is filled out by the the mainstay. You know, all the hunters are going to be the stunt people from the previous movies. Art Camacho is, you know, probably um, this is only his third film, so he's still like cutting his teeth and getting mm -hmm. getting uh, uh, used to you know directing. That's probably why it has so much gusto behind it. It's like you know all these years of seeing how things are done he's like this is finally my time to put my spin on things and i like that there's not a a there's not a uh i don't know a, a i'm too good for this a, you know sense about it yeah. where you could easily see a shitty child a children's movie being made because someone feels above the material and just you know wants to get it over with as quickly as possible mhm mm every everything in this is sort of the opposite of the Greased Lightning video where Tim Allen <laughs> is is clearly unhappy and thinks he's above it and feels weird doing it. I mean, it's like th this is everything in this is the Greased Lightning video from Home Improvement with the energy that all the other cast members bring to it. Everyone in this takes it seriously what they're doing. Everyone in this seems to be having fun with their part. Uh, I'm I'm you know again yeah I'm I'm. I also don't want to suggest that this was, you know, all sunshine and roses and people weren't here for a paycheck, but it just, it, it feels like, it, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like an enjoyable yeah. experience, an, an enjoyable encounter, if you will. Okay, so something else I, I want to I wanna call out, just, I think, speaking to Art Camacho's directing and yet more examples yeah. of this movie going hard for, for no real reason. Um, you know, they're, they're bumming around the campsite. The kids have encountered Little Bigfoot, unforgettably, and, uh, and are basically trying to hide Little Bigfoot from their dad. But at one point, uh, Stephen First is making his signature barbecue sauce while he's grilling some oh, steaks. And he puts a little bit of hot sauce in it, but then little Bigfoot comes by and knocks over the hot sauce into it. So there's way more hot sauce in that barbecue sauce. And they they sit down to eat uh, eat dinner together. And, uh, you know, uh, Stephen first pours a whole bunch of his barbecue sauce onto his steak. He then pick, picks up his steak with his bare hands to take a bite, which I have... I... I <laughs> I've never I've never seen that before, and that's such a power it's move. Like, it's like Michael Douglas eating a bagel in Basic, uh, no, uh, Fatal Attraction. <laughs> Wait, how did <laughs> he like he like he takes a bagel and like rips it apart and then dips it in the cream cheese and then bites it like it's a potato chip? Wow, God, that's. <laughs> I know, I know. We should do it's like eating a steak with your bare hands. We should do a whole podcast about mo scenes in movies where people eat food weirdly. Uh, but he <laughs> picks up the steak with his bare hands. He bites into it. Oh yeah, yeah, it's way too hot. Oh little Bigfoot, you scamp! But we get like a this crash zoom on his face. What like they do like the vertigo or like the Jaws thing. Or even he's like the clearly on a, a gimbal. He's sitting on a seat attached to the camera, and the camera's moving at blazing speeds through the the forest yeah so it's like it's this weird trippy psychotic thing where like the woods are rushing past behind him and are pushing in on his face and he's screaming just i'm gonna die <laughs> and it's this shot 
took a minute to set up. I mean, it's yeah, kind of yeah. complex, and Art Camacho was really dead set on doing it. And it's like, it, you know, it would have been it would have been a dumb bit if it's just a static shot of Dad freaking out and falling over or something. But they, I, I, I don't know. I, I <laughs> you're you're exactly right. I mean, I can see any other children's film just cutting to a wide shot of his voice echoing through the woods and like some birds moving, you know, well, flocking off the tree. Well, well, we do, we do actually, we do then cut to a wide shot of stock footage of birds flying out of a tree after that. Oh. But, but <laughs> any other movie would have just given us the stock footage of yes. birds, not the, not the vertigo homage. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the moment that you, you, you rushed past about them meeting little Bigfoot. Of course. Um, the, cause the three of them have, have the three the kids. kids have kind of gone off into the woods and, uh, I don't even know what they're doing out there. Oh, I don't for know. One thing. Yeah. They're doing kid stuff. Yeah. Kids. I don't Yeah. They're talking about how much anymore. they'd, they'd rather be in. Wait, I don't understand kids anymore. Did you ever understand kids? When I was a kid? Yeah. I didn't understand kids when I was a kid. Tell me the secrets well, of kids. We didn't all, we didn't all enter this world at fifty six. I, 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 I suppose I suppose that's true. I suppose that's true. They just they didn't they didn't want to talk about Fraser with me. What the hell am I supposed to do with them? Um, okay, but so they're out in the woods. Keeping up with New Yorker articles. Yeah, exactly. That you well, you you didn't you didn't read Jeffrey Tubin's new analysis of the O.J. Simpson trial. Well, pff, this recess is ruined. Um, okay. Uh, so they're out in the woods. They meet they meet little Bigfoot for the first time. Yeah. I, okay, this is one of the areas I feel like this movie maybe falters a little bit. Uh, no, um, erroneous. This is perfect <laughs> ten. <laughs> it there's not really anything magical about it. Like they're out in kind of a an open area, and uh, Bigfoot, little little Bigfoot, after stealing the apple from Stephen first, kind of. S- Moses even uh his way out to them and they go ah and run away the little girl who's a vegetarian mm-hmm. uh does not she's like oh my god look at this cute little thing and Taryn Noah Smith and Michael Fishman kind of work their way back and they start petting it and like that's it they they've kind of adopted it from there there's no yep. like there's no magic to it there's no like there's no real anything to it there's there's more magic to the shot of their dad eating <laughs> hot sauce that's too spicy than there is to the scene of the children meeting the title character for the first time and recognizing wait, that big wait. boys are real. <laughs> on a on a, a tangent, real quick, when oh, they're great. they're around the dinner table, uh, the picnic table, eating mm-hmm. dinner, um, th- that dinner looked insane. Outside of the fact that he was eating steak with his bare hands uh this is michael fishman has three different types of apples on a plate in front of him and a fork he's got a fork to eat those apples with (laughs) and a a fork fork to eat the apples there's a crunch bar and then he goes off looking for uh he goes off looking for mushrooms yep oh wait he got he's wait the the boy goes looking for mushrooms uh i oh maybe that's what they're doing when they go out in the open Oh God, yeah, because you you know how much kids love mushrooms. You just you know, <laughs> we all scream for mushrooms. 
Oh, that's I'm sorry, I got it confused. Yeah. They they find Bigfoot before dinner, and so then they make the excuse to go look for mushrooms to get away from the dinner table and go oh, I see. meet back up with, with Bigfoot. Yes, more more clandestine rendezvous with little Bigfoot. Um so now that we've got big little Bigfoot in 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 here, I, I have some questions for you. Okay. About little Bigfoot. Good. I'm I'm the expert. I know nothing about children, but I know nothing about little kids, but everything about little Bigfoots. And this is a very important question that I thought of as I started this the second time, and I couldn't make heads or tails of it while watching it. Okay. Little Bigfoot. Yes. Is Little Bigfoot young or just little? My... My vibe is that Little Bigfoot is young, hence his littleness. I don't, I mean, I, I guess nothing really to indicate that that's the truth, though. Well, I don't know. He seems to like, he seems to like candy. He seems to have a naivete about him. He's not been, like, the fact I'm that. 41, I like candy. Okay, okay, yes, this is true. Uh, and the na- naivety is that he's a species entering into a completely foreign civilization. Well, no, no, okay, no, because his like he and his and his mom or dad were chased down by these hunters. He watched his uh, he he watched Grande Bigfoot get murked with a with a dart and fall off a cliff, and he's still <laughs> like trusting of humans in a way that an adult wouldn't be. <clears throat> Um, mm. I, I, I think, I think he's, I mean, also he's totally down to be like dressed up like a little kid later and paraded around in disguise in town. <laughs> you say like a little kid. I say like a, uh, pro skater. Oh, uh, I mean, yes. He looks like true. he's shopping at Ollie's from MVP too. Oh God. Can you even imagine? I mean, maybe like, <laughs> yeah. Cause he's got, he's got like a, like a flannel, a flannel shirt and a hoodie on to cover his Bigfootness. Like he very yeah. well could have been facing away from the camera in the background of Ollie's. Um, <laughs> and I'm I'm just gonna say it right now. I think that in terms of verticalness, I think a Bigfoot is maybe a little more vertical than an ape, okay, or a chimpanzee. All right, all right. Now, so, but I mean, because a Bigfoot is technically a primate, the, you're saying that he is the most vertical primate. Not, I am not I Buddy am the, that. the chimp. Okay, yeah. I, I won't I, I won't fight you on this. I think he would make a much better skateboarder. And also, no matter how creepy looking little Bigfoot is, uh, I I still feel more comfortable seeing him interact with children than an actual chimpanzee <laughs> because I'm fairly certain that the that the little person inside the little Bigfoot suit is not going to rip anybody's eyes out. Well, it depends on how long he's been in there and uh, how accommodating they are on set. Uh, yeah, yes, you know, that's true. If they shot this in the middle of the summer, then yeah, uh, you, you best be giving him some water breaks. Uh, here's the other question, or not question, here's the other statement that I, I want to make about Little Bigfoot, is that Little Bigfoot, that becomes his name. Yes, okay, we like, were going to say the same thing. I had the same okay. point. Because when they first meet him, like the the they're, they're like, what is it? It's like a Bigfoot. It's like a little Bigfoot. Yeah, little Bigfoot. And then for the rest of the movie, it's the, they keep saying stuff like, "Where's little Bigfoot?" Oh, they're trying to kill little Bigfoot. Little come Bigfoot, on, little no, Bigfoot. come back here, <laughs> I, guys. I think little Bigfoot is hungry. Like, the, it's get in the closet, little Bigfoot. <laughs> little Bigfoot, what are you doing? It, it it I think it was at this point that I decided that when I when I uh start my rap career, Lil Bigfoot is gonna be the the name that I use. <laughs> Here's a side thought. Uh there's almost 
every pop culture property at this point has someone that has a tattoo of it. Do you think there's anyone that has a, a tattoo of Little Bigfoot? I mean, perhaps Art Camacho or perhaps Stephen First, who who really like had an opportunity to spread his dramatic wings in this movie in a way that he may never have mm-hmm. again. R.I.P. Yeah, pour, pour, pour one out. Um, was, do we want to talk a little bit about uh, kind of the um, the the gripping property law subplot of this movie that oh, uh, i was just I, I was i i didn't i didn't want to get to the main course so quickly i figured uh you need a little foreplay before we got there but um, i mean i mean you're look, ready to jump in look look you 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 know me like if i see i'm i'm like little bigfoot with a cheeseburger if i if i see the discussion <laughs> of uh property law on the table i i, I got to i got to snatch it i got to eat that thing for okay let me i i have a, a very quick correction for you little bigfoot in this movie only grabs uh, outside of the moment when he's given a a sucker he only grabs healthy food you're right you're right. He's he's force-fed the fast food later. <laughs> uh so so uh Cavendish is still out there looking for little Bigfoot. The kids have overheard him. At one I think at one point they go into little Bigfoot's cave and they hear Cavendish outside talking about how they're going to try and capture or kill little Bigfoot. And the kids realize, "Oh man, we got to protect little Bigfoot." Um so yeah, but but then later on Cavendish is met at his uh, estate by a uh, representative of the local Native American tribe, as well as the ranger played by Tom Bosley. And they kind of are, t- you know, they're they're telling him, I, you know, you you shouldn't be out there hunting these Bigfoots. This is this is wrong. You shouldn't be doing this. This land you're on doesn't even belong to you. This is this is actually, you know, Native American tribal land. And there's some court case ongoing where, like, if the, the court's going to, find out that this land belongs to us and it'll revert to us and the Bigfoots who are sacred to our tribe will be protected. And Cavendish, uh, you know, just basically makes a pass at the Native American lady and then tells them both to get the hell out of there. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I've called this out in every episode about a kid's movie we've done, but I'm just, man, what what kid, I, okay, what kid, aside from uh, eight-year-old Truman Caps, is hearing this discussion about about you know legal property rights and getting really excited? Just like what kid is watching uh, Man of the House and being like, "Oh man, they're trying to it's it's going to be a RICO case against these against these gangsters who Chevy Chase is prosecuting." I can't wait to see how this goes. Like, there's always got to be like a legal proceeding or like a um, yeah. you know or or the or it's or, adult stuff. Yeah, or um. Yeah, what was it? Jungle to Jungle, where like the whole subplot is like there's like st- stocks and bonds right. or something <laughs> right, like right, that, yeah. a hostile takeover. Yeah. It's adult stuff that, that you know, I think part of, because one thing, okay, we, we haven't really talked about the ending of this at all, but well, you know, Cavendish, yeah. Cavendish doesn't get a comeuppance. I mean, he kind of mm. does. This movie's about revelation it's about transformation uh <laughs> wow this is a this is a bold take on little bigfoot too <laughs> uh well, well we haven't even introduced min gun yet but um the uh uh i think a part of this and a lot of children's films are adults are too adulty if they were more childlike uh they would be so much happier and better off mm-hmm and yes. I think that part of what you're describing is just like we need adult stuff in here to bore kids so that they realize that adult is just it sucks to be an adult and kids kids rule yeah adults rule 
we god we do drool though so much um <laughs> yeah i i i suppose i suppose that's that i mean that that is just further underlining a point uh being made by every scene with the uh th- their dad in it who is yes you know neglectful of them to the extreme because he's so busy on the phone with work stuff <laughs> And even more than neglectful, I mean, he's, like, giving them complexes in real time. Uh, there are moments when he just he asks them a simple question and, like, gives, as I was mentioning early, uh, early with Cavendish, where he'll be like, oh, you think that's, that's okay? You think, oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, 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 this is, yeah, also with, with, you know, Daddy Steven first, like he of of the of the kids, he hates. You just their... tapped into a whole subculture. By da- the da- way. Da- yes, Daddy Steven first. Do not look that up on DeviantArt. You will find things. <laughs> um, but their, you know, their their friend Mike, who's, who's tagged along yeah. with them, uh, Steven first hates Mike and is constantly berating and belittling Mike. And and similarly, Mike will like try and be distracting Steven first so they can, say, sneak little Bigfoot into the back of the car or something. So at one point he says like, oh, oh, Mr. Ferris, look over there. It's an eagle. What? There's an eagle? What? Where's the eagle? Where? Oh, oh, oh no, it was just a cloud. Oh, really? Really? You thought a cloud was an eagle? Huh? You thought that a big fluffy thing was, was what an eagle looks like? I don't know what's wrong with you. I don't know what your problem is. What's with you thinking these things? Like, just... I think we found the one impression you can do. I, I, you know what? Yeah, this is this is great. Everybody, come see me at the Laugh Factory. It's a forty-five minute set, and it's only impressions <laughs> of Stephen First and Little Bigfoot to the journey home. Um. Also, you mentioned the back seat. Why, in terms of neglect, like he was not paying attention. He basically let the kids pack the car because there are about twenty tons of stuffed animals in the back seat. Yes. Yes, we, uh, under which they are hiding Little Bigfoot. This is once, once they have learned that Cavendish wants to kill Little Bigfoot, and Cavendish likewise has told them, you know, hey, it's not safe. He's come by the campsite and said, hey, it's not safe to be here in the woods. You guys should go stay in a hotel, and and Dad agrees. So they've they've sec- yeah they they've hidden Little Bigfoot away in the back of the car so they can hide him out at the hotel and while they go to town. Yeah. Um, it. <laughs> I there's something also about Stephen first who's like there's no there's I mean yes he's coming at this at 11 and giving it his all uh there's zero moments of subtlety in this movie like yes it's line after line and by line I mean like it's it's a written joke after written joke after written joke there's a moment when um Cavendish and and the the fairies uh, Ferris's yeah. first meet for the first time, and Cavendish is like, "Hey, there's an animal in this uh, uh, neck of the woods. I just want you to be careful. Maybe you should get off the land." And uh, he, you know, wants to talk to uh, Stephen first privately, and and uh, Mike is there hanging out the car window, <laughs> and he just goes instead of saying, "Hey, you know, we we need to have a, a quick chat. Could you mind?" He's like, "Hey, hey, Mike, there's there's an interesting pine cone over there. Why don't you go look at it?" <laughs> It's just like every turn he has taken this opportunity to to pack this movie with lines. There's got to be at least 150 or more Stephen First Woody Allen lines, I, which which again I think all made it into his reel, and I I appreciate it. I respect it. I I respect the maximalism <laughs> of it. Um. So also th- this is I think this is a good. Um, 
before they've taken off in the car with little Bigfoot hiding in the back. It, it, you know, they're they're there and, uh, um, uh, you know, Cavendish and his men kind of storm the camp, basically. They come rushing in with rifles because they're hot on little Bigfoot's trail. And again, like, and all of this, like, the, the camera is very active throughout. It feels like if Michael Mann made True Heart, basically. There's so much, like, <laughs> intense stuff going on. But... They they introduce in this scene as they're talking to the family and telling them that they should they should go you know get a hotel. They introduce this Native American tracker who they've hired to find little Bigfoot who Min-kun, is Minkun yeah yes yeah mi, yeah mi, Minkun who's uh, a member of the same tribe as the representative who was uh, telling them earlier hey this is uh, this is tribal land and you know yeah. Cavendish you should stop doing this but so you know, I think uh, I think they had mentioned the tribe was called Chinook. Okay, well there, there you go, the Chinook. But uh, uh, so Minkun is, you know, stoic, handsome, for stereotypical Native American tracker type. But he's kind of looking around as the the kids are standing there trying to play it cool, and he goes oh up God, to Terran Noah Smith, <laughs> and he walks up and he examines him very closely, and he reaches out, and there is a uh, there's a black little Bigfoot hair on his shirt that he plucks off and smells very, very like purposefully, and. You know, I, 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 this, that is an interesting reaction to finding a curly black hair on a teenage boy. I, I just don't, and, and he, you know, everybody in this sells it like it's a very intense moment, uh, but uh, th- this is our introduction to a character who is kind of a pivotal emotional uh, uh, flashpoint in the movie. Yeah, I, well, is he? Well, no, I mean, yeah, I don't I think, know. No, I no, think the, he's, the movie, I think the movie's climax hinges on Min Kun having a change of heart. I don't a true heart. Oh boy, I think this movie could have completely been done without that character. I mean, yeah, probably could have been, but because he's there, uh, his his <laughs> actions like okay, like right. he's the he's the means by which uh, the the they they save little Bigfoot. Um. But but okay but so they, yeah. they they get in the car. I I also I I came to this in my notes and I just want to point it out now. Uh like the the uh Stephen First's performance oh. as the father has just gone it go it goes b- bigger and bigger and more and more. It like it increases exponentially throughout the film. Yes. I feel like they shot this film in sequence and he just got he drew more energy from each scene and <laughs> was, got bigger and bigger. He was in a weird way Jack Torrancing through this thing. He's oh. just getting more insane well, as it went on. I com- completely agree. And uh, like, I because I, I think this is I think this note came about when he like they they have uh, you know the goons Cavendish's people have all taken off. And uh, I think this this is when Mike, the friend, tells him, "Oh, look at the eagle over there, so they can hide little Bigfoot mm-hmm. in the car to get him away." But when when uh, when Stephen First is is yelling at the friend for misleading him about the eagle, I kind of realized that Stephen First in this could also be played by Tim Robinson on "I Think You Should Leave" because it's he has <laughs> oh, Timmy. He, both in terms of everything is yelling and everything is over the top, and his character is increasingly yeah. bizarre and unsettling. But even the way that he stands, like he stand like this this Tim Robinson pose that I always try to do in the mirror and can't figure out, where he's like standing up straight with his shoulders hunched and his head somehow hanging low but facing up towards you like like just a posture that does not exist in nature this guy is sort of taking on 
Um, I don't think he's taking it out. I think that was his actual posture. If you look I, at some of his other stuff, but okay, uh, I completely agree with you. Uh, I have mentioned it once or twice on the show before, but Tim Robinson was my old improv instructor for many years. So jealous. I've been wanting a reason to reach out to him, and just thought, well, there's no point in saying anything if I don't have a purpose. Uh, I think it's only fitting the the final resting place of my <laughs> Bigfoot double pack DVD uh, is to be sent to him to say, <laughs> I think here's here's a uh, here's a new character for you. If not a <laughs> shot for shot remake of this, when you decide to get into movies, <laughs> exactly. I mean, his film. I mean, I think you should leave is pretty popular. I think his film career is gonna is gonna take off. Uh, gonna take off any minute now. Um, yeah, honestly, honestly, I would like to see a full I Think You Should Leave episode that's just sketches about people either looking for Bigfoot or trying to hide Bigfoot <laughs> or going camping in bit Like, all of these bits could be I Think You Should Leave. But I, I guess... I guess yes. so that's sort of the, the the magic of I think you should leave is that everything in life could be I think you should leave at some point. Um, <laughs> well, point taken. Um, okay. So, sir, go ahead. You got some. Well, I do. I, I do have something because they've got little Bigfoot in the car. They drive into town and uh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, I know where you're going with this. And I was going to segue you there. This. Okay. Yes. Uh, because it's not the only one, and I I recognize this uh, on my second watch. And how happy are you? I don't know. I, is it something you get happy about? <laughs> what this 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 moment in the movie? What's about to happen? This movie, on top of being horny, is also very farty. <laughs> okay, horny and farty. That's this, this a, is that's a lethal combination. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is definitely a, a farty party movie. It's um, not. Is it? Is it that? I mean, it's it's farty. Okay, okay. It's, it's farty once, but very notably no, it's not. farty. It's Vardy twice very notably. Um, the first instance of it happens when uh, they have to stay overnight in the tents. And yeah. uh, Little Bigfoot sneaks into Stephen First's tent and he has his little eye mask on. So, of course, he can't see Little Bigfoot. And he rolls over and, and touches Little Bigfoot's head and, you know, has a, the stereotypical, oh, I love what you've done with your hair. Oh, yeah. yes, come closer. Yeah. And then... He's like, wait a minute, and pulls the thing up as it's as little Bigfoot scurrying out. So he doesn't get a real perfect look at it. He just sees it being a big animal in his tent. Yeah. And he gets out screaming. The kids run out of their tent and they're going, What the fuck's going on? What's what who's killing you? Dad, uh, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and uh he starts talking about um this big animal that's, you know, getting in the tents and uh he's he, his adrenaline is going a million miles an hour. Um, and then he, you know, orders the kids back in the tent and he's standing there kind of muttering to himself with this high energy. And then all of a sudden you just hear this and he goes, what was that? What was that? (laughs) And he goes, oh my God, that was me. I'm so scared right now. (laughs) Uh, again, Tim Robinson. Oh my God, I farted. Um, oh man! Okay, so I missed that completely the first time. I I guess I was I. This is the this a movie that really does hold up to repeat viewings. Yes. That that fart scene overshadowed though by the one coming up where they have gotten fast food. They are driving along into town to get to the hotel, and the kids are 
secretly passing fries and cheeseburgers to little Bigfoot who's lying in the back seat. And you see him eating the food and kind of reacting to it like, oh, oh, I don't feel so good. And he's like kind of lying there writhing. And, you know, there's this whole ongoing, you know, monologue from dad who is steadily becoming kind of Professor Frink now on yeah. on The Simpsons. O- ongoing in that he hasn't stopped talking since the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole, all the action in the movie takes place in the moments when Stephen first is drawing breath so he can begin talking some more. <laughs> but, but Little Bigfoot farts loudly because of the food that he's been eating and Stephen first goes oh oh that smells to- oh who did that oh oh it smells worse than your mother on corned beef and cabbage night oh it's terrible oh oh <laughs> and and Tara Noah Smith takes the blame for it and he's like oh yeah sorry dad I guess that was me I'm just feeling really gassy today and they're talking about how it smells like onions and it goes hard, like it's almost a Judd Apatow joke. Yeah, really leaning, like it's it's not like multiple lines about describing what the fart smells like, and Taryn Noah Smith continuing to take the blame and and saying it was him. And it's like, I I like I I guess he didn't fall in a river, but he did take the <laughs> blame for a Bigfoot fart, which in some ways is almost better. <laughs> How, how many people in the world can say that? I not not many, and and also, I mean, you know, you mentioned he might be the only person in cinema history who can say I took the blame for a Bigfoot fart on screen. Uh, you know, until until I make my Bigfoot movie, which is called uh, <laughs> Bigfoot Goes to Taco Bell, an unforgettable burrito encounter. Um, well, and it is I, I have. Yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I mean, it, it, this does, and then this does tie us back to Wild America, in which it is a movie where one of the Taylor boys has a <laughs> wilderness adventure in which he far, in which farting is a key plot point. It saves his life. Um, now, I don't know that I don't know that farting saves his life in the way that it saves JTT's life in in <laughs> Wild America. <laughs> okay, there's something I noticed on this watch as well that yeah. you you mentioned it, so I. I'm going to bring it up here. Yeah. Um, the glaring obvious missing component here is there's no mother. Yes. <laughs> Her flatulence was so bad they had to get divorced. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is my question for you because when they get to the hotel and they're hiding little Bigfoot, Stephen first smells Bigfoot, uh, little Bigfoot before he is introduced to him. And while they're like running and hiding him behind his back from the closet to the bathroom and back again, uh, Stephen first gets this whiff and makes, first of all, he thinks it's his daughter, uh, which why does he keep blaming these scents on his family members? But then he's like, Jesus, you really do take after your mom. (laughs) Like they don't let up with this fact that their mom farted all of the time and i'm wondering if this is part of why she's not here did she die of ibs what what's what's the situation it's look it, it they they got a divorce and it was like okay there's the custody hearing and and the judge is like well uh you know uh mr ferris you are a disaster you work all the time you're clearly incompetent you you are mean to your children and you just are not someone who should be around children but your wife's farts 
are so bad. <laughs> the, the only safe environment for your children is one that is that is far away from her butt. So uh, you know what? You get full Jesus full custody Christ. awarded to you. I, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, it, yeah, it, it's 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 interesting. I was thinking at first when there's the no mother present, I'm like, oh, okay, so is this movie going to have an air of tragedy that he's like a widower trying to do better? Yeah. No, no, he's just a guy who got divorced because his wife was too flatulent. That's all. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Maybe his wife was flatulent, but I mean, if anyone is going to file for divorce in this family i would be willing to bet she was the one that initiated fair true it's just interesting that he seems to have total custody of the kid like like well yeah that's also true i mean but also i kind of love the idea that she's just like i got in over my head two kids with this guy you know what uh i let's i I don't want to be with you anymore and also i don't really want to be with these kids uh it's all you (laughs) maybe maybe she found someone else and they're off in you know bermuda uh, farting together on the sand. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. She found she found Daniel Red Radcliffe in Swiss Army Man, and they're out having a great time. <laughs> oh, oh our fartiest episode. Thank you, little Bigfoot. Too. Thank you. Um, Here's where I would like to move next. Okay. Is uh, little Bigfoot in town? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. They've they've gone to the hotel. They have gussied up little Bigfoot and disguised him like an E.T. They have told Dad there's a cute girl at the pool, and Dad is, that's all he needs. He's off at the pool, and they have taken little Bigfoot into town. I mean, if you're writing a children's film in which you have a, a alien or a, a Bigfoot, I guess. Uh, or a little Bigfoot. That, that can pass as a human with a little minimal effort disguise, You this is the fun and games portion that you write. This is, you know... We we have to pass off the the little Bigfoot as a as a human. Mm-hmm. Yes, a, a, a little human. Um, and so they've got yeah they've got the the hoodie and the flannel shirt and they've got like a parasol that little Bigfoot is holding up to kind of shield his face and this works. Everybody in downtown Big Bear Lake, California, does not notice. <laughs> uh, but they, yeah, they go into a candy shop. Uh, much, yep. much like much like that song, uh, they they take little Bigfoot to the candy shop, um, and they let him lick the lollipop. Uh, they do <laughs> a big one. Uh, I okay, <laughs> the candy shop owner. Yes, I, I realized the purpose for this uh, on my second viewing of it. Okay, good. They walk in and it's it's like a legit barrels full of candy sort of shop. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> they walk up the the daughter and little Bigfoot walk up to the counter and this guy has a like <laughs> vibe about him. What kind of vibe, Landon? Give me a vibe check. <laughs> I'm trying to trying to like mem- remember the the movie that this is from, but it's basically like if you can picture <laughs> someone in another movie telling a a you know urban legend about the guy at the bowling alley who ended up going insane and killing his whole family. Mm. Like this dude has that. He was working at the candy shop one day. Everyone in town loved him. And then one day he just snapped and started selling children's fingers as lollipops. <laughs> like that, that's what this dude is bringing to the table. But he's wearing these like he's got like a flat top 
He's definitely a man out of time. He looks like he's from the 50s. Yeah. Uh, he's got a flat top and these horn-rimmed glasses. And for some reason, he takes the glasses off in which it I, I don't know why he does that. But because he does, he's unable to see properly. So he can't see Little Bigfoot. Yeah. And and, and the kids have like the, the daughter and Little Bigfoot have come up with big handfuls of candy, which they put on the, the, the counter saying we, we'd like this. And and he basically says, "Well, do you have wait, any?" Wait, wait. Not yeah. to not to overcorrect you here, but no, no, no. Her ask her ask was really insane. She goes up and says, "Do you have any? Uh, do you have any jars of jelly beans?" Yeah. And he, for some reason, just kind of like magically lifts one up from out of frame. He's like, "What? Like this? You want this?" <laughs> and she goes, "We will take three hundred of those, please." <laughs> I like I like her doing her bulk shopping. It's like she thinks she's at Costco. You get a better deal and when you buy it wholesale. The guy goes, "You don't have any money, do you?" And you know, he's very sweet about it. And she goes, "No." And she goes, "Okay, well then I'm going to give you the. Why don't we do this?" And he starts to pull up these two like basic ass dumb dumb lollipops. Then like looks at her again. And then puts them down and grabs bigger ones. Yeah. And it was a moment that's like, that was a detail that felt creepy and didn't need to be there. <laughs> I mean. And hands them uh, larger lollipops. I mean, it's not creepy in and of it's like Because on some level watching this, I'm like, well, I mean, you run a candy shop in a tourist town. This is probably not the first time some child has come in here trying to buy candy with no money. And presumably you must just be a sweet old man who likes kids and are willing to part with some of your very cheap stock to make a kid's day. But, but it yeah. wasn't. He, he was going to give them the cheap stock, and then he set it down and grabbed the bigger, like, more expensive ones. Okay, well, Landon, here's the thing. We're, we're both adults. Candy is cheap. Just, like, a big lollipop <laughs> is still pretty cheap. Like, I get that you have margins that you have to consider when you own a candy store, but the most expensive lollipop in the store and the cheapest lollipop in the store are a difference of, like, 90 cents tops. Well, okay. Listen, you're you're killing my my theory vibe with uh, with reality here. I, I, I'm I'm so, I'm sorry that my incessant talk about wholesale candy prices has uh, ruined the comedy bit that you're trying to do. Please go on. I was gonna propose that little Bigfoot had this whole telepathy thing, but now you're just taking the you're taking the fun out of it. No, man. I'm sorry. I'm so, I'm I'm sorry. I, I guess you know what I. You let me have such a good time with the farting scene, and I killed your joy, joy with the candy shop telepathy scene. I, I'm I'm sorry about that. All right, all right. Here, this will bring the joy back into my life. Um, before they take Little Bigfoot out on the town, Stephen first takes the kids out, and they go into a hunting shop, a souvenir shop that looks like a hunting lodge. I don't mm -hmm. exactly know where they are, They're but uh. They're just still in Big Bear. They're in the they're in the, in the town of Big Bear Lake. It's just the kind of, but it's a, it's a it's a shop yeah. that they go into, yeah. and there's lots of Bigfoot paraphernalia around, uh, t-shirts and books and and action figures, and the 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 cashier, the clerk, the the store owner at this place. You want to talk about the previous owner that we just discussed you know knowing his business well this dude does not know how to run a business because oh, yeah. they're interested in bigfoot stuff and he's like you don't fucking believe in that bigfoot stuff do you <laughs> like don't be an idiot don't buy that shit and yeah. he he says something i wanted to point out and i'm sure it was a line flub that they just left in but he says 
Um, uh, where do I have it here? Uh, you you shouldn't believe in that stuff. You know, here I just I sell some photos and some fake photos, but that's it. It's not real. <laughs> so, what do you make of I sell photos and some fake photos? I well, yeah, I okay. That's I mean, fake photos. I take that to mean I sell doctored images purporting to show Bigfoot. But then when he says yes. photos, that suggests that he also sells real photos of Bigfoot, who he nonetheless yes. does not believe in. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, I, 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 I do take issue with any guy be who owns a store who he bought the merchandise for this store, and also the only people who are really gonna buy like intense Bigfoot merchandise are gonna be kids who really believe in Bigfoot. So uh, yeah, I, I don't get him yeah. shooting himself in the foot like this. I don't, I don't either. And then what continues to be baffling is uh, Stephen first comes up and says, "Okay, kids, you can get uh, one souvenir piece, but it's got to be under five dollars. What do you want?" And um, <laughs> Darren Noah Smith just walks over to a display and picks up a pamphlet and says, this is what I want. I want to get this Bigfoot pamphlet. Yeah. And Stephen First is like, that's all you want? Really? And uh, he proceeds to ring it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a, I guess I've never heard of a paid for pamphlet. Well, look, th- this guy realized he shot himself in the foot by discouraging the kids from buying Bigfoot merch. He's like, shit, 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 what am I going to do? And then the kid wants the brochure, and he's like, ah, yes, that paper brochure, that's $75. Yes, yes. Like this, this dude looks like a rube. I, I can I can make up the the sale I lost discouraging them from Bigfoot by charging him money for this thing. I mean, it's such a good thing that they didn't go to Vegas like the kids wanted, because Stephen first would have gotten robbed blind every which way. Um, <laughs> uh but yeah, so and also while they're there, they they kind of read up they so they they read up on Bigfoot information from this kiosk, and they also chat with the with the friendly ranger who is you know one of the good guys, and kind of explains to them, yeah, yeah, don't listen to that storekeeper, keep the faith about Bigfoot, and they uh, he also teaches them the Native American phrase "clash uh, nanish." Which mm-hmm. uh, I guess is um, I don't know, it means something about this is not me trying to uh, hand wave away Native American mythology. It's more that I just don't really remember, but it means something about like a peace and honoring the wilderness and honoring the Bigfoot, uh, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they they leave the they they leave the souvenir shop with their information. They've somehow once again hidden Bigfoot from their dad. They go back to the hotel, and then I guess. I mean, what they just sort of realize at this point that that shits. Oh, I think they read they read in the uh, in the brochure about oh, there's some sacred homeland of the Bigfoots out in the wilderness, oh, and they realize right. we need to yeah, we, we need to take little Bigfoot home. It, it's one of those things that like the entire third act of this movie pivots on this one thing that they read in a brochure, kind of offhanded. Yeah, and Stephen First's <laughs> performance is so distracting from anything any plot points that are actually happening that like until you said it and I'd watched it twice uh wouldn't have picked up that that was that was the thing that launched them into their their conviction to get this little Bigfoot back out into the to his home and away from the zoo like the journey home doesn't really start until the last 15 minutes of the movie that you know talk about talking talk about making them wait for it um but so they've they've 
you know, the, the the kids have smuggled Bigfoot back into the hotel, little Bigfoot back into the hotel room. They're in the bathroom, you know, with little Bigfoot trying to figure out how are we going to get little Bigfoot home. And they decide, well, we've, you know what, it, it time's up. We got to tell dad about this. We just have to tell dad. And at one point they, you know, they, they they're, they're arguing about the merits of this. And I think Tara and Noah Smith says, well, we can't just lie all the time. It'll only make things worse. And I, I love that he's, He's got this piece of wisdom that uh, that Larry David and Doctor Fraser Crane and Niles like it, it, <laughs> if 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 any other character on a sitcom knew this like every episode would be one minute long but um so Tara Noah Smith goes out into the hotel room where his dad is on a phone call insists that he, that Stephen first hang up the phone and actually pay attention to him for once and do his fatherly duties and then uh, and then they explain yo. Little Bigfoot is real, and here he is. And there, and Stephen First is at first eh, uh, hmm? repulsed and and frightened of Little Bigfoot. But then Little Bigfoot kind of extends his hands to him, and Stephen First touches Little Bigfoot's hands and just basically goes like, "Oh, we could never let this little guy go to a <laughs> go to a zoo." <laughs> it's a moment where like. I feel like maybe in the script phase there was a little bit more magic to Little Bigfoot. Maybe um, that you know some of it kind of trans it made its way through the final draft and and what they were shooting, but like they decided at some point, yeah, let's cut the magic crap and just make this more nature based. Yeah. And uh, Let, let's so say- like when he touches his hand, you you almost expect the like little the twinkle of the the chimes that usually come or, up in children's movies or the or the or the wind flute from the beginning of sledgehammer by peter gabriel but no <laughs> n- none of that uh which yeah it, it, i don't know the end of this does feel kind of rushed uh but you know they're they're dedicated uh, look as soon as little bigfoot farts and turn no smith takes the blame <laughs> for it like the movie's basically over at that point they're like okay how do we wrap this shit <laughs> for up you maybe yeah you know I, I i checked out after that i was like i've i've watched a movie tonight um <laughs> we haven't talked at all about tom bosley uh <laughs> i mean the, he's the the, fr- the friendly ranger who tells them to keep the faith and not listen to the cruel souvenir shop owner who disputes the existence of Bigfoot. yeah well i guess that's true i don't he's I don't quite understand his function in this movie, but he's so that that scene in particular where he's out there talking to the kids. Uh, they, I, d- okay, are we supposed to? Okay, hold on. The kids have little Bigfoot out on the town, and yes. they go to the candy shop, and uh, they uh, uh, lick the lollipop. <laughs> lick the lollipop. They're they're starting to to work their way back. Uh, I think it's the the daughter takes a little Bigfoot out. And Taryn Noah Smith and Michael Fishman finally catch up with her and go, "What are you fucking insane? We gotta get keep this guy under wraps." Yeah, and she says, "Uh, he he wanted to go shopping." <laughs> like, first of all, Little Bigfoot has not expressed anything in this movie. I, I mean, little... <laughs> like, what what did he say? What did he what, what did he want? What did he want to go out shopping for? I I, I mean, look, he maybe maybe that happened off screen where he said, "Actually, I I, <laughs> I could do with a wee bit of candy. I would like a foot shaped <laughs> lollipop, please." Um. He would have a leprechaun voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Le- you know, uh, Little Bigfoot 4 in space. No, I'd watch it. Um, but as they're, they're dragging her and Little Bigfoot back to the hotel, uh, Tom Bosley stops them. Uh, now, I want to I wanna talk about <laughs> his performance in a second, but uh, 
are we supposed to believe because he's a Bigfoot believer for yeah. sure? Yeah. Um, do you think in this moment he knows that's that's a little Bigfoot? I think he does. I, I think he has this kind of self-assured twinkle in his eye throughout his interactions with the kids, both when he's talking to them in the souvenir shop God. and when he's talking to them outside where it's like, I know there's a little Bigfoot. I know that's a little Bigfoot. And I know you kids are all right. Like it, it his his performance is so amazing. I wish this movie had subtitles so that I could read his dialogue along with it. But he's it's almost like an Orson Welles appearance. Like he's just kind of leaning against this, touch of Bigfoot, this, the wall of <laughs> he's leaning against the wall of the store, and he's like, "Well, sometimes you really need to just stop and take a look around at the." place you're in and enjoy the beautiful nature of of all the the things around you i don't know life just, moves pretty fast if you don't yeah look yeah around you might bigfoot pretty much it's uh i don't know i i thoroughly enjoy it even though i think he has zero narrative purpose for being here and yeah yeah he's he's uh, yeah, there, there's not a lot of reason for him to be in the script. Uh, his his part could have been taken on perhaps by the Native American tribal representative lady who's in like two scenes. Yes. Um, but so they, they, they've, you know, they head back. To, so they've convinced their dad that Little Bigfoot is real. Now, somehow Cavendish has gotten hip to the idea that uh, Little Bigfoot is at the hotel, and the goons are descending on the hotel, and they get in the car and make a break for it. I don't remember how that happens. I don't remember if uh, Minjin, the 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 tracker, or Mingan, the tracker, is is part of that. I, I I probably so. There is actually well, there is the scene also. There is a beautiful monologue that Mingan gives talking about oh my God. how he's going to track little Bigfoot down, which is just all yes. filmed in one take of him in a completely dark room, walking towards the camera, talking about his conviction and how he must find Bigfoot and maybe trying to reconcile that with his tribe's beliefs about little Bigfoot. And Cavendish is just there, like also in the shadows, watching him and encouraging this, uh, which is which is a powerful piece of black box theater in the middle of our farting Bigfoot movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's wild and fantastic. Um, but, but so a chase ensues for one reason or another where it's dad driving and the kids with Bigfoot in the car and the good old boys in the pickup trucks coming after him. We didn't talk about the fact that there's an earlier chase scene in which Michael Fishman throws a watermelon out the window, but JT, or, uh, I didn't say, I didn't get it all the way through. Oh, oh, yeah, I've started it a couple times and I still put money in the jar. (laughs) Well, that's what kind of sucker you are. Uh, Uh, <laughs> Wait, a cheap a cheap sucker or one of the really expensive ones that they only give to children who come in with little bigfoots? Uh, you know what? You're you're always an expensive sucker to me. Oh, thank you. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but Taron Noah Smith was driving the the truck during a, a car chase. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yes, there. Yeah, there is an ex- there is an extended sequence earlier where for some damn reason the kids steal the car keys from their dad and are driving around with the with the car. A lot of this movie is kind of repetitive and doesn't make sense. But yeah, yeah, th- and and so again, much like Wild America, there's a scene of one of the Taylor boys driving a car when he's too young to be driving a car. <laughs> uh, but also in that moment when we were watching it the first time, this thought occurred to me that. Uh, I haven't been able to shake, which is, you know, Taron Smith did not do the movies that ZTB and JTT did. That's true. Unfortunately, Unfortunately. he has, I think, three total. And um, 
I think we were really deprived of a really cool Terra Noah Smith BMX movie at some point. That would have been pretty neat. I would have like an American remake of BMX Bandits, but uh, instead of Nicole Kidman, it's Terra Noah Smith. Yeah, or you know, the skateboard kid, or something like that. <laughs> the the skate the skateboard kid was MVP too. Uh, yeah, no, I <laughs> I agree. Also, I realize that we watch this because of Terra Noah Smith. We haven't really mentioned him that much. Uh, I I mean, I I think a lot of it is that he's. There's just a lot of other shit going on in this movie that just completely yeah. overshadows him. Stephen First is out there. There's a little Bigfoot running around. Uh, there's, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't want. I just, I just want to comment on that's why we haven't really said more. He's, he's fine. He's yeah. Noah Smith. I think he's very adequate. In, in fact, um, Ooh, ringing pra- raves Landon Solano of Gruntwork well, Podcast. No, <laughs> under the parameters uh, that you just outlined. Um, I think he, you know, he's very adequate. It's doesn't give him a lot to do outside of just like ushering, you know, someone in a costume from room to room. Uh, Picturing this cast with another, you know, precocious kid, I think would be obnoxious as shit. Like there's potential for this to be unbearably bad. Yeah. Uh, but he's, you know, that, and we've mentioned this on Home Improvement. Taron Noah Smith feels so much just like a kid yeah. that it's it's kind of fun to watch. That's true. That that is, you know, you have a very, you, it's a very good point. If he'd been kind of like snarky or sarcastic, I mean, and like he has some snarky lines, but if he'd been like really leaning into it with a kind of Nickelodeon affectation, that could have right. made this movie. This could have pushed it from fun into into excruciating. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Well, so okay, so they they chase them. The kids, uh, you know, their their starship knows which way to go. They've figured out how to get. Uh, they figured <laughs> out how to get little Bigfoot back to his sacred homeland. Uh, Dad lets them out of the car with little Bigfoot and and leads the uh, pursuers off in the other direction. So they're running with little Bigfoot. They're running and running. The uh, Cavendish and uh, the tracker uh, Mingun catch up to them, and basically they've. They've, they're so close, they've got little Bigfoot running up this kind of rocky hillside to get back to his home, but uh, Mingun is there, he's got the tranquilizer rifle, he pulls it out and is pointing it at little Bigfoot, and little Bigfoot, uh, with this, again, this super keen tactical sense that makes me wonder if maybe he's really well suited to life on this earth, little Bigfoot <laughs> just stands there looking at the gun, and the kids, you know, uh, Taryn Noah Smith and his his sister and his friend are standing there on the, you know, on the hill just below Little Bigfoot. And they're yelling, no, 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 Mingan, don't do it. Don't do it. Klosh Nanish, Klosh Nanish. Like, remember your heritage. Like these three white kids trying to explain his Native American <laughs> religion to him, which is not great. But yeah. uh and and he he Mingan is like just super conflicted and he's just ah oh, he doesn't he's, he can't do it he can't do it he can't do it and uh he finally lowers the gun and then Cavendish comes over and snatches the rifle from him and shoulders it and shoots a tranquilizer at little Bigfoot who just like his mom or dad uh falls off the rock ledge and hits the ground pretty hard and seems to be unconscious. So, you talked about there not being a lot of magic in this movie. But yeah. then you get a double scoop of magic right here where the- <laughs> yes having harmed little bigfoot now all of a sudden cavendish is just seized up and paralyzed with horrible horrible pain and like oh my god what's what's happening and 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 uh uh 
Mingan explains to him basically that, oh, because you've gone against the gods and harmed the sacred creature, you, you know, the pain you feel is your sacred retribution. It's not even, it's not even that. I mean, that's, that's what he's explaining, but the line was so amazing. And I, I God, I can't, there was uh, I can't remember the first part of it. He's like you you've harmed the you've harmed the something and so now you feel the pain. Right, right. And and he's just like he's he's this this seems to completely change his tune because shortly thereafter uh Ranger Tom Bosley and the uh you know representative of the Native American tribe show up and inform him that ah there was just a ruling that this this land d- does belong to our tribe and and you're going to be facing federal charges for illegal poaching and hunting and so I mean I guess there was a lot of off-screen legal drama which gr- great honestly I probably didn't need to see those proceedings play out but you didn't so, need to, but you wanted to. I, I did secretly want to. Uh, I, w- I wanted to see little Bigfoot uh, arguing for himself in court, but they 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 tell him this, and you know you're facing you're facing some hard time for what you've done. And Cavendish just goes, "I don't care anymore. I don't I don't want the little Bigfoot anymore." I see. You know, like he basically. I see now. I, I My see. eyes have been open. He's like tears are in his eyes. Yeah, I mean, He's and it's the, the greater power. And and mind you, this whole this is a very budget friendly transformation to happen to him. This magical transformation because it is just he's standing very rigidly and still, like a man who's thrown out his back and is trying not to not to move too much in either direction. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, I, it's interesting that it's a uh, you know like he's like I remember. Um, it was Bigfoot the Unforgettable Encounter with David Rash and Clint Howard, right? Yeah. Where usually you're, like, taking the bad guy away in handcuffs as they, you know, kind of maniacally yell about, you'll never get away with this. I, w- I would have got away with it, too, if it wasn't for you meddling kids and your Bigfoot. <laughs> Did Scooby ever meet Bigfoot? Oh, I'm certain. He probably met Bigfoot, like, 12 times. <laughs> um, But, yeah, so I think it's kind of an interesting... Uh, uh, shift away from that trope of like, it's not you know getting a, a legal comeuppance isn't you know as far as this movie's concerned isn't enough you know he's got to have a spiritual comeuppance he's got to have a transformation uh, that is so powerful it makes him question his whole existence and it's it's interesting though because in terms of budget friendliness and feasibility. It's a lot cheaper. Like they already had a a white Ford Bronco with a light bar on top and a guy wearing a a police looking uniform. It would have been cheaper and and probably just like it, the most effective thing would just be to have Tom Bosley put handcuffs on him and lead him away. But instead, they're having this spiritual transformation, which is illustrated only by him standing very still and bugging out his eyes. <laughs> I a, a big swing. I appreciate it. Yeah, I do too. Um. Um. And that's, I mean, okay, so the, the kids kind of see Little Bigfoot knocked out, and but they say, oh, I think he'll be okay? He's in his natural habitat? I mean, is that kind of how it wraps up? No, no, no. So so the the tribal representative, whose name I see now is Ayana Stillwater, uh, she and I think it's either Tom Bosley or, or Mingan or something, they, they run over to him and they say, we know what to do with him, we can help him now, and they take him into the sacred Bigfoot cave and oh, do right. like a ceremony with him with sage and chanting and everything and meanwhile you know uh, uh Stephen first and the kids are outside and they're all anxious and worried pacing back and forth like like the a dad in the 50s waiting outside the maternity <laughs> ward and 
finally they come out and let him know we we did it little bigfoot's gonna be okay and they all they all cheer and are dancing around excitedly and we kind of pan up to the trees and spin around and from that we crossfade to a shot of little bigfoot running through the wilderness and back to uh like a another rocky hill where a couple of grande bigfoots are waiting for him and they see him come back and are like oh well i guess you're still alive huh and they uh warmly receive him (laughs) and our last shot is just this bigfoot family reunion which is actually a great name for the third movie in this sequel which i am going to write (laughs) uh after we write all those county line books I mean, why not a crossover? I, you know, it's like it's like, hey, Sheriff sure, Opet, meet your new partner. I'm not gonna work with no Bigfoot. <laughs> and that would be called County Line colon No Fur. <laughs> Blackout. <laughs> I got nothing. I can't top that. So I, I'm going to do a little wrap up here of yeah. uh, some some lingering things. Uh, here's a question for you. Yes. The, the answer is yes? The answer is no, no. But the, basically, I was leaning back away from the mic. You said, here's a question for you. I didn't say anything. I didn't want you to think I wasn't ready for the question, but I uh, am. Got it. Okay. Here's the question. Yes. Um, <clears throat> the answer is yes? Uh, no, I know. I was just letting you know that I'm ready for the question. Oh, okay, okay, got it. Okay, so here's a question for you. The <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to tempt fate with a third one. Go. The little Bigfoot. Uh, the whole concept here, and of most Bigfoot movies, I feel like are we need to we need to get him back to his home. He needs yeah. to be free. This is a wild animal. This is a wild man. This is a wild missing link that does not belong in our modern civilization. Yes. Um. However, some places like this one, Cavendish is made out to be the villain, but suggests I'm going to sell him to a zoo. Would you let a Bigfoot free? If you had a Bigfoot in your possession, would you let the Bigfoot free back into his habitat? Oh yeah, no, no question. I'd let the Bigfoot free. I don't really. I don't have the. I don't have the the business acumen or the attention span or the energy to try and like launch my own sideshow attraction and you know that (laughs) no but you could let's say you had you know the the los angeles zoo on the line i i I don't landon i don't know if you've been to the los angeles zoo they don't have a huge amount they're they're not gonna like make me a billionaire in exchange for a bigfoot like i I (laughs) okay it's a non-profit organization i'm not i'm not advocating for how much money you can get for a little bigfoot i guess what i'm asking is it seems more dangerous for the little bigfoot to be put back into the wilderness versus like trying to bring them back from the brink of extinction uh by putting them in a zoo and creating circumstances in which they can breed and we can help them yeah i'm afraid you weren't paying attention earlier land and i said very clearly if bigfoot can't hack it in the natural order on his own (laughs) that's then let's you know that's that's not me talking that's darwin baby i'm sorry i i like what how many how many how many human resources do we have to invest how many of our tax dollars do we have to put into like oh a breeding program for bigfoots like bigfoots aren't going extinct because they're being hunted to the best of my knowledge they're going extinct because they just kind of aren't great at what they do i i well I, you don't know that you don't know that there could be some my you know huge 
billionaire, uh, uh, you know, hunting secret society where, uh, unbeknownst to the public, they pass around, you know, Bigfoot limbs from from person to person. You, you know. <laughs> You're, you're probably right. We are going. We're going to get an article any day now that it's like, ah, yes, an influential billionaire donor took Clarence Thomas Bigfoot hunting right before uh, the Supreme <laughs> Court ruled on a pivotal, you know, tribal lands case about where the Bigfoots lived. Yeah, okay, that uh, that's true. That's true. I, still, though, honestly, uh, I still would let Bigfoot go. I'd still let him. I'll, like whatever happens to him in nature, it's not our place, man. To bring it's Prime Directive right. One. Let I, w- would you would you keep Bigfoot? I wouldn't keep him, not not in like my house. You've uh, got a nice I, I've basement. Seen Harry dude. and the Hendersons. Yeah. I, I've seen how that goes. Yeah, that's true. You, yeah, they, and they let him go. They throw rocks at Harry and tell him we don't want you anymore. So we'll go <laughs> oh back God. into the woods. <laughs> Broke my heart as a kid. Yeah. Um. I I I would it would give me pause. I'd think about it. Yeah. Okay, but so you're not. You seem so outraged by my decision, but you don't even seem to have fully decided that you're not going to do the same thing I would do. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, you know, people who people who live in glass Bigfoots shouldn't uh, shouldn't throw Diet Cokes, I guess. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's not a zoo, but some sort of sanctuary. Like, what the fuck was going on at the beginning of MVP2? Can there be I, uh, can there be a Bigfoot house where a bunch of Bigfoot just walk around, some naked, some clothed, watching hockey games? Bigfoot house was my least favorite VH1 reality show. Um, I yeah, I mean that yeah, that, that I guess that would be kind of the ideal situation, wouldn't it? Where just like a bunch of Bigfoots hanging out in a in a in a uh, trailer with like one friendly ranger lady. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's what I want to see. I want to see that, but it's Tom Bosley. I, I, I mean, I would let, I'd let Bigfoot play hockey. I'd even let him skateboard. Oh my God. I wouldn't. That's one thing I wouldn't do. Okay. Uh, man, <laughs> our, our priorities are all over the map on this thing. We could never raise a Bigfoot together. You realize that, right? <laughs> After eight years, finally Bigfoot is the big division between us. This, this, folks, look, this, before you... Uh, before you commit yourself to a podcast with someone, you need to sit down. You need to talk about all these long-term things. And chief among them <laughs> would like what are what are our views and approaches to raising a Bigfoot together? Because that stuff comes up, and you can't find it out eight years into the podcast. <laughs> okay, I want to bring up again the the question of little Bigfoot's age, because okay, and, and you made your point very well clear. Maybe maybe it's not little Bigfoot's age, but the the age range of big feet. Yeah, because little Bigfoot has like a graying chin goatee. Like he used to be into spot ska music, you know, uh, <laughs> back in 1981, and hasn't quite let yeah. that go yet. Yeah, he was he was in he was in the popular uh, ska band Real Bigfoot. <laughs> Damn. Uh, <laughs> to recover from that one blackout um <laughs> he so if if he's still a young one as far as his you know contemporaries are concerned do do big feet live long i mean what what not not if they're getting hunted it seems like <laughs> not if they're taking a header off of every rock cliff they find I mean, let's just say little Bigfoot is what fifty six, maybe. Yeah, okay, years old. Yeah, does the regular Bigfoot? I mean, do they live to be 
200, 300 years old? Yeah, is is yeah, okay. Are they like elves basically? Do they do they have to be thousands yeah. of years old? And so like a 50-year-old exactly. elf is basically or a, is like a is like a teenager or like a, a little kid. Yeah, exactly. Uh yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll go with that. I mean, the fact that little Bigfoot Holy shit. The the fact that little Bigfoot is a kid in the first one and the second one seems to suggest that he is aging. Either the movies take place very close together or he's aging incredibly slowly. Well, okay, I just might have uncovered something here uh, right at the last second. Um, the movie is finishing up in the background as we're talking, and as you remember, uh, Truman, you, you painted it out very beautifully. Uh, little Bigfoot is healed and goes back out into the wilderness where uh, he meets with other big feet yes. that are awaiting him yeah well there seem to be two adults there is a second little bigfoot here oh my god there's another one i guess i'm wondering if th- the other little bigfoot is the one from the first movie you know what yeah the the, t- the the title of this is actually a misprint it's not little bigfoot two it's two little bigfoots <laughs> it's little bigfoot number two it's <laughs> <laughs> that's what he was doing in the back of the jeep oh no oh landed no <laughs> come on now you act you act like i'm i'm the the potty humor aficionado and look what you just did <laughs> look what i did um okay i have a few outstanding notes about stephen first uh we, i don't yeah, know how much yeah, i want to yeah, go we them, haven't but... really done much stephen first coverage on this I, yeah, podcast I know. let's just crack like, that how does that open. guy get through life i i just don't understand how how he can get through a day like how has he not died of uh uh not Stephen first who unfortunately passed away but how how does Der- derby or darby i think it's it's i think it's i think it's darby it's derby but uh to to borrow a, a phrase from reddit about 12 years ago he's more derpy if you ask me <laughs> um uh okay yeah like he was he was like putting the tent together with a hammer <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, he sure was. That guy. Okay. Let's talk uh now that we're at the end about um Art Camancho. Yes. The director of this movie, yes. stunt coordinator, actor, uh host of the Camacho experiment on El Rey <laughs> Network. If you So after after we watched this movie, we thought, well, we got to find other Art Camacho movies. Who he directed the first Little Bigfoot. Yeah, but we and, did but we didn't want to go back in time. We didn't want to burn ourselves out nope. on Bigfoot. So uh, we looked up more things, and apparently he has a a well. As of 2020, it hasn't been canceled yet, but there's no more episodes on the El Rey Network, uh, whatever that is. He has a show called the Camacho Experiment. Yep. And Truman, what it was the Camacho Experiment? The, the Camacho Experiment is uh, he he takes the bold step of inviting mixed martial arts fighters and other luminaries in the MMA community to what seems to be a martial arts museum and has very long interviews with them that are not shot particularly well and are not especially interesting and uh aren't and, at all edited in any way and and in which and in his interviewing style is let's just say it falls short of Terry Gross it's not uh really involved um <laughs> So, yeah, again, we only experimented with one of the six episodes, so maybe the other four, or the other maybe. five 40-minute-long mixed martial arts interview programs would be very engaging for 
these two people who don't watch or find any interest in mixed martial arts. But uh, yeah, that's that's what he's been up to lately. I will say he seems like a really genuine guy, though. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I, I even no- watching even watching the arc the the Camacho experiment like he was a terrible interviewer but like his heart was in the right place and i think that shows in in what we saw here today absolutely art camacho is a really good stuntman and fight choreographer based on the work we saw in his other film well in the film (laughs) that uh his friend directed firepower in which he played a supporting role um and yeah and he's a yeah really really good director who has a seemingly a real love and zest for filmmaking and uh yeah i I appreciate him, and I especially appreciate him making Little Bigfoot 2, colon, The Journey Home. (laughs) Uh, I, for one, will be seeking out many, many more PM Entertainment Group Incorporated films. Yes. Uh, I feel like we've, we've uncovered something here, and I know that people know of PM Entertainment Group Incorporated films uh, besides us. We're not the first people to do this, but after watching this and knowing the unforgettable encounter comes from this and that the action movie firepower that we watch comes from them like i i'm all in on trying to see all 150 pm entertainment group incorporated movies and and don't forget and don't forget their two season syndicated tv series la heat oh, yeah. la which heat <laughs> was so popular in germany in the 1990s that it briefly displaced baywatch from the number 1 spot <laughs> job we, we love pm entertainment this movie ends um, with kind of an interesting <laughs> final credit. Yes. Usually you have your special thanks and all that stuff. Um, what what what, uh, what does this one say? Well, it said uh, what? To, I actually don't remember exactly what it said. I know the thing you're referring to, but uh, yeah. why don't you tell me what it said? Because you have it in front oh, of you. Oh, it said, uh, this motion picture is dedicated to the Supreme Being. Yep. So... Is the Supreme Being Bigfoot? Is the Supreme Being Little Bigfoot? Or is it some kind of Alcoholics Anonymous thing, in which case I don't want to clown on it too hard. Uh, Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah, could be. Yeah, yeah, let's not clown on that. Uh, In fact, I'll I'll distract. I'll give you an edit point. Um, Okay, I'm looking at the special thanks right now as this film is concluding, and um, I'm just going to read one or two of these here which is uh, thank you to the California State Film Commission. Thank you to Big Bear Film Commission. Thank you to the city of Big Bear Lake. Woo! <laughs> uh, and Frontier Lodge and Motel. So you called it. That is Big Bear. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I've i spent... Uh... I've spent quite a lot of time. Uh, I've spent quite a, t- a lot of time in cheap vacation rentals in Big Bear. I I know I know Big Bear in my sleep. <laughs> I know Big Bear off vibes alone. I don't need to be told what Big Bear is. Uh, well, that's true. I guess I was more just. Uh, I wasn't telling you. I was. I was supporting you. I was giving you. I was doing. I was doing something other than telling you. You 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 extended an olive branch, and I just you know I just farted on it basically i'm I'm sorry i hate olives well i do i do hate olives landon and you should know that about me you know why didn't you i do i do know that about you because you're one of the few people in the world that i can tell i don't like olives too oh you know landon i think you can tell a lot of people that because i've met a fair few people who don't like olives Really? I feel like I've only met the people in the world who like olives oh no 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 they're they're out there man they're they're out there there are dozens of us um (laughs) 
you know, but just next time you want to make peace with me, extend a burrito branch. That's all I'm saying. A burrito branch. Yeah. All right. I will do that. Yeah. Oh, Truman, uh, is there anything we didn't cover in Little Bigfoot 2 that you want to cover? Nope. I think that we have thoroughly discussed Little Bigfoot 2, perhaps more so than any people ever have in life. That it might, you, you could be 100% accurate on that. Mm. Mm. Really makes you think. It doesn't. No, um, no nothing in this movie let's, does. <laughs> let's end this episode, which you could have watched Little Bigfoot 2 uh, one and a half times. Um, not as much as I have. Yeah, I know. I know. You're still. You'd still be behind us in that time. So I want that on my. I want that on my tombstone when I die. I uh, okay. I'll I'll, pu- I'll put it. I'll I'll carve that in there. Here lies Landon Solano. He watched Little Bigfoot two twice, and, and the last um, episode of Home Improvement three and a half times. Here here lies a man with questionable a- time management skills. oh my god all right uh we're gonna have another movie for you next time we speak um but i'm just gonna uh i'm it's gonna be a surprise when it comes so uh mostly because i don't know what we're gonna do next but really surprising um, we've received some interesting suggestions uh and maybe we'll explore a few of them um I guess I'm just going to wrap this up to say uh, our show here is made possible by our patrons. If you want to become an official Grunthead sponsor, you can do so over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod for as little as $1 per month and get access to our entire backlog of Gruntwork Nights episodes. Uh, All 240 of them. I don't even Um, know how we did it. (laughs) Uh, and you can help people still find the show uh, if you want to support us in a more uh, financially feasible way, which is uh, by leaving us a rating, and if you're ambitious, a review, and if you're you know kind, a five-star rating and review, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, or you could stop by to say hi to us on Instagram, at GruntWorkPod, or say hi to us, I guess, if you want to be private about it, uh, GruntWorkPodcast at gmail.com. Mm. Um and you can find information on today's episode on our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. Um, is there anything else that I usually say there? Oh, God, I don't even know, man. I don't listen to this part of the podcast. <laughs> I, I, I hit I hit 15 second skip in my brain. <laughs> well, uh, until next time, when we bring you another movie starring someone from Home Improvement, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps, and hey, Clash Nanish, everybody. Out of trouble. Hey, but with their new hey. family member, what are you doing? They're in for uh. all the trouble they can handle. Go! It's a Bigfoot. It's a what? A real Bigfoot. Now, with their dad on their side, little Bigfoot has a fighting chance to survive. It's going to be a wild, Whoa. big sky wilderness adventure. The whole family will enjoy. Little Bigfoot 2, The Journey Home.